Welcome to Weed Kid Video. I'm Kimrel Snape and I miss video store so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Alberts and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around, sign for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by the sweet, tender but tough ghost of Mickey Rock's original face. This is Weed Kid Video. Hey, this is Keen interrupting the actual podcast with some pre-podcast business. This episode of the podcast was recorded before, sadly, James Khan passed away at age 82. So that's why we don't make any references to the fact that he has passed away in the episode. So even though James Khan wasn't the most massive fan of this movie, we think it's a pretty great way to celebrate his incredible and diverse career. So please enjoy our ridiculous chat about Alien Nation. Old business? Oh, fuck me. Okay, you need to stop doing the bit. <laughs> oh, I fully meant to do it this week. It's now been four weeks. It has. Guess what? It's too late. <sighs> it's over. It's not over. You can do it next week. I fully don't even remember what episodes I said. This is the thing. It's never going to happen. You need to move on. Oh, it needs to stop being. We need to, we need to not continue to do this bit at the start of the podcast right. where you don't remember things. <laughs> We need to have good podcast content. I'm not making a note. <laughs> sure you're not. My only piece of old business is that um, after last week's podcast, mm-hmm. I immediately bought Heather's on VHS. <laughs> good man. It has not yet arrived, but it will be on the pick list very soon because I'm calling my shot with that movie. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, like next week, it's on the list. <laughs> I'll fucking choose it. Well, I'm not, not choosing not next week, pick. though. Yeah, pick next week. It is on the list. Kira, you also know how good that movie is. Yeah, I'm most likely going to pick it. I do have old business mm-hmm. that I just looked up, <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully this is accurate. Uh, last week you were talking about the UFC and you said that you think that it's about 25 years old. Yes. And it is 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that documentary was from when it was 25 years old. Yeah, but you didn't say when, when the documentary was made. So you I said a few years ago. Yeah, I'm just saying it's 28 years old. <laughs> I'm just giving you the answer to your question. Okay, I you. appreciated it. How do you think it feels? It's almost 30. I think no, it's probably pretty I'm not happy sure how it feels, but I just want to offer the advice that 30 is actually awesome. 30 is great. Yeah, don't be scared of 30. 30 is great. 30 has been awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, 30 was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the other side now. Um, actually, 40 is great so far. Yeah, so I hear. The other thing uh, with the Heather's thing is that um, it's still going to be a choice, right? Yes, but I'm just calling my shot. (laughs) It's still going to be a choice, right? I'm just calling my (laughs) shot. I'm letting you know in advance that the second that tape comes in, it's going on the fucking list because that's how important that movie is and we need to educate young people. Wow. I totally agree. I'm just wondering whether I should fuck with you and not pick it. I mean, you can go right ahead, but I know that I know that I can pressure my boy. You know how fucking much exciting, like. I don't do real guys who are listening. I don't do heaps for the podcast when we're not on the pod. He does nothing for the podcast. Oh, I feel really bad. People though. know. They can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week has been really hard because several points off pod, I've gone, oh, Heather's. And I've gone to look it up so I can at least see no, the cover. And I know. I haven't done it to myself. <laughs> I haven't done it. It's okay. so your yeah, only yeah. job is to not look up. <laughs> <laughs> to not do anything. Your pain will be over soon. I also bought Ghost in the Machine. Oh, yes. fuck yes. I'm I, I d- Don't look up the cover because the cover is kind of entertaining. Really? Wait, yeah, wait. Wait, wait, wait <sighs> to see the cover. 
Because you don't know how curiosity handles my cat. It kills it. Okay. <laughs> New business. This week, we're getting our sour milk on so that we can talk about Alien Nation from 1989. The newcomers have arrived. They have their own customs, their own mysteries. Slag cat, I hate this place. And their own crimes. My fellow newcomers will work very hard to make as much money as they can to give to me. Sykes, here's your new partner. My true name is Stangia Sorensa. Sorensa, well, Gesundheit. Now, James Kahn. So what do you got? This will stop anything. And Mandy Patekin are headed deep into newcomer territory. Get the ass, look. Your mother mates out of season. Into the heart of a mystery. Inside an alien world of violence. Desire. Tell me the truth. Have you ever made it with one of us? <laughs> and power. A sweet indulgence from our past. Resurrected for our future. It is called Shabdukam. Your people do not know about this part of our past. Beyond their darkest fears. He's dead. No, he's not. Lies an evil beyond imagination. <laughs> This is very different to Highlander. <laughs> okay. But, but, I'm gonna let you, I'm, I'm gonna let you continue. I want to know where you're going. <laughs> but there is just so much in this movie that I couldn't make notes about it all. And I really hope that we dive into some of the nitty gritty of the choices in this movie. Oh, I have a lot of they're notes. great. They're great choices. <laughs> so I take it you liked the movie. Mm, no? That's an interesting question because this movie was way better than it deserved to be. This movie, yeah, I don't know how this movie was this good. It's called Alien Nation. It does not deserve to be as good as it is. But in saying that, did I enjoy it as some of the movies that we've done so far? No, but it was still a really good movie. I feel like this movie, Alien Nation, was almost the most normal movie we've watched so far. Right, right. It was <laughs> like, like a by-the-numbers cop movie. It's, yeah, it's like it's about aliens and there's all these things about it that should make it like wacky and weird. Yeah. But it's actually just like a straight-up buddy cop dialogue, movie. <laughs> the dialogue and the actual beats of the movie was way better than you expected it yeah, to be. Yeah, it's just, just like I a regular. I don't know if it was good or not. Uh, it was just way better. I think it's just good in that sense of like it's, it's just a regular good movie. Like it's yeah. not like the best movie ever made. It didn't, you know, it, it was what it was, but it was just very, the whole time I was like, this is very normal for a movie about aliens being police officers. It was quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know weird. how we were like, oh, it's bright. Mm. It's bright mis- mixed with like a District 13 kind of vibe. It's so much better than, well, not District 13. It's so much better than Bright. Holy fuck, it is in not the same ballpark as Bright. It's better than District 13. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that movie. It's fine. Directed by Graham Baker. This was his third film. Uh, his first film was the third Omen movie with young Sam Neill as Damien. Wait, how long ago was that movie? If that was his first film. That was in the uh, early 80s, that movie. Oh, wow. Fuck. After this, he directed a John Stamos picture. Nice. Okay. uh, Where John Stamos is a a biker. 
That sounds about right. Called Born to Ride. Before. <laughs> uh, I think I'm turned before on Full mildly. House? Before Full House, yeah. <laughs> it's when Stamos was kind of like a heartthrob and they tried to turn him into a movie star. Kind and it of a heartthrob? It did not work out, kind he of. He is a heartthrob. He's still a heartthrob. Still a heartthrob. Okay. <laughs> Everybody uh, loves Uncle Jesse. <laughs> not me. And his last credit is actually in 1999 and was an adaptation of Beowulf starring Christophe Lambert. Hmm. Wait, what were you? 99. Not the one, not the the CGI one that Robert oh, Zemeckis right, did right, and right. not the other one that also So came, he hasn't done anything since 1999? No, that was kind of the end of his, the end of his career. So, so he did he nothing and he then he did Fuller House. Not no no John's the director, oh. the director. <laughs> the director. <laughs> oh, I was momentarily confusing for a sec too. Staying in the pod, <laughs> just so you know. I edit. If you cut it out, I'm putting it back. <laughs> Produced by Gail Ann Hurd. Now I don't often mention producers when I do the credit section, but Gail Ann Hurd deserves a name check for two reasons. One is that she is a female producer of genre movies in the 1980s and 90s in an era that was mostly the domain of men. So she's a kick-ass woman making making movies in the 80s and, like, good movies. Awesome. The second is good movies. She produced a hell of a lot of movies that are massive influence on influences on me or I love them. She co-wrote The Terminator with James Cameron, I which she almost squish. never gets credit for. She never, like, every, everyone always talks about James Cameron. She co-wrote that screenplay, right? right. And that screenplay is a, is a masterpiece of film, film writing. She also produced Aliens, The Abyss, Fuck. Tremors, No Escape, The Ghost in the Darkness, The Relic, Dante's Peak, The Punisher, what? The Punisher with Thomas Jane, um, The Punisher with uh, Ray Stevenson, Punisher Warzone, and she's the driving force for good or bad, depending on how you feel about it, for The Walking Dead and it's various spin-offs. Written by Rockney S. O'Bannon. O'Bannon. He's mostly a TV writer. He created Sequest DSV, which I mentioned last week on the podcast. Hmm. He also created Farscape. Do you guys know Farscape? I know, the, I know name. the name. So it's a cult science fiction TV show from the early 2000s that used a lot of animatronics and makeup effects produced by Jim Henson Studios, and it was shot in Sydney. Oh. <laughs> You guys are just in sync with each other. We though. really are. It's weird. <laughs> I know people that worked on that show. And yeah. a bunch of our friends visited the set and the creature shop. I did not go. Oh, uh, why yeah. didn't you go? I think the trip was unrelated and it was off to do something else. And then they swung by on the way on the way back. He's still working. Rockney S. O'Bannon. Uh, he's the executive producer of a TV show called Evil, which is on American Network Television. I've never heard of it. Uncredited, James Cameron did a draft of this movie. Fuck yeah. Ah. No wonder it's so good. I don't know how much of his material his material ended up in the final movie, but it has a nighttime LA James Cameron vibe to yeah. it. That's true. Yeah. Gail Ann Hurd was wife two of five for James Cameron. Oh, shit. Two of five. Two of five. Starring <laughs> James Kahn as Matt Sykes. My man. Yeah, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather, Jonathan E in Rollerball, Frank. Fucking everything. Yeah, lots of stuff. Fucking everything. I'm just listening to movies of his I like. Frank in Michael Mann's debut film, Thief. You know where I first met this dude? In the, do you Walter remember Hobbs in Elf. No, 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 no. When I was real young, there was a show called Las Vegas and he was like the boss in the in the casino. I know of that show, but I've yeah, never, never seen Yeah, with Josh Duhamel and shit. Yeah. Uh, Mandy Patinkin as- Who was she? I mean, that's a man. Oh, <laughs> I was so confused looking at the cover. I was like, who Who did Mandy play? Mandy Patinkin <laughs> as Sam Francisco. 
AKA, oh. AKA George. <laughs> Fuck. Which I love so much. Yeah. Has Sam Francisco. Sam, Sam Francisco, Francisco, yeah. Um, I love that whole bit with the names. Yeah. Originally his name in the screenplay, George Jetson. Hey. Yes. But Hannah Barbera wouldn't clear the name for them to use. That's why I so calls him George. George. But nice. I actually think Sam Francisco is a better gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the movie he did right after Princess Bride. Oh, where, where he played it? Inigo Montoya, You Killed My Father, Prepare Fuck to Die. Off. Are you serious? Yes. Fuck. How is off. that the same person? It is no. in fact the same person. I fucking love him. Holy fuck. There is no way. It is. is it's Mandy Patinkin. Uh, while you were looking, <laughs> while you were Googling in disrespect of my facts, um, <laughs> he's also has a, t- a million TV credits. He's in Chicago Hope, Criminal Minds, which Kira watches. Criminal Minds. Um, Homeland uh, is his most recent TV show. He's uh, Claire Danes' handler in, in Homeland. I only watched the first couple of episodes yeah, I've of really that. Seen it. Yeah, it's him. He is almost unrecognizable. Look him up now. Yeah, and he's in Criminal Minds. Yeah, he's- You watch Criminal Minds. That's a that's a blowout. Terrence Stamp as William Harcourt. Yeah, legend. Yeah, lots of credits. Um, headlines for me, uh, he's General Zod in uh, Richard Donner's Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man on the brain. Superman. He's John Tunstall in Young Guns. Uh, Bernadette Bassinger in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Wilson in The Limey. I fucking love The Limey. Steven Soderbergh movie. The Limey, no. Oh, it's great. And most recently is The Silverhead Gentleman in Last Night in Soho. And, of course, there's a few more cast and crew that I will name check as we kind of talk through. Trailers. 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 Six trailers. Once again, we will do headlines, but we will skip over the ones that aren't really that interesting. Although there were a few that are kind of, yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> um, Crocodile Dundee 2. Great. Guess who's back. And already in the swing of things. With a lot more fun. Oh, excuse me. A lot more romance. What's he like in bed? I don't know. He still sleeps on the floor. A lot more excitement. Don't try to stop me. I don't want to stop you. I just want to get past. What? And a lot more of everything. Hello, Sue. No, 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 no trouble, darling. Just get into the problem. Nick, listen, this is really important. I'm in a lot of trouble. If you screw this up, your lady is dead. Nick! What happens now? My first thing is to put you two in a protective custody. Ah! Maybe you can protect him, but I know that I can. But not here, somewhere I can see him coming. Careful. He's in the game. Is to me. Walla Bella? No, mate. What did he say? He wants to know if we're allowed to eat these men. Mm. The world's favorite adventurer is back for more. Drop me fire. Much, much more. You know who that was? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, Connie. Paul Hogan is Michael J. Crocodile Dundee. What are your chances of getting out of here with that jacket on? Better than average. In Crocodile Dundee 2. Ah, oh, fuck. This is like home watching Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Don't you reckon? The first one, maybe. Not so much Crocodile Dundee 2. It's the sequel to the Australian classic. 
if by classic you mean great national shame that shaped the way Americans will think about Australia for the next 30 years. <laughs> I love that it kind of is like a diffusion of what, who we actually are. Our I, cultural identity and who we actually are it, are completely opposite. But it's a opposite. parody of something that was almost extinct when these movies were, were made, unless you're in far north Queensland. <laughs> yeah, but I love the fact that we're known for it and it's not really us. Like there's such a misrepresentation that we as no. a country can play. I don't like it. Okay. Not a, not a fan. Uh, I've never been to the outback. I've never seen the desert. The only time I've ever seen a kangaroo is in a zoo. I love the outback. Or in a supermarket because, yeah, we eat those motherfuckers. I want to provide some the Americans that listen to this with some context. This movie is like if you took the most cliched redneck southerner and used that as a way to paint an entire population of people. Oh. If we thought everybody in America was like that. They are, aren't they? <laughs> the Wizard of Speed and Time? Yeah, what the fuck was this? Before Pee Wee Herman, there was the Wizard of Speed and Time. An eccentric genius who created a motion picture legend in his own garage. It's a low-budget vanity project for an actual special effects guy named Mike Jitlov. He plays himself Uh, in a movie about a special effects guy trying to make a movie on which he wrote, edited, directed, and did all the special effects for. This guy would make YouTube videos now. Yeah. Yeah. This, it was, I kind of want to see it. Act of piracy. Ted Andrews is looking for a way out. You're here. What do you want? I'm thinking about getting married. And I've sold the Barracuda. He thinks he's found the perfect solution. Thanks for bringing Tracy and me, Dad. But he's walked into the perfect trap. Gary Busey versus terrorists. So good. So good. (laughs) And it looked like it had some fun fun action in it. He goes on a trip with his children and his new girlfriend and his new girlfriend turns out to be a terrorist and they take his yacht <laughs> and it's just and then and, and it then, was surprisingly brutal in the then, trailer yeah and then he has to chase down the terrorist with his with his ex-wife and yeah it's a whole thing <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know i don't even know what the fuck to say uh the description of that trailer of that movie is fucking brilliant one of the bad guys is uh arnold Vosloo who is the mummy in the mummy movies. With oh, I love Roger that, dude. And Rachel Weisz. The Fly 2. Do you hear it? It's getting closer. Much closer. Don't be afraid. Be very, very afraid. The Fly 2. Like father... Like Sun. Never knew there was a second. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this movie. I love both of those movies. It's good? I don't really remember it. I remember some of the imagery from the trailer. Um, Is it still my boy Jeff Goldblum? No, it is not. It's a cash-in sequel because the first one was a hit. Huh. Um, that has almost no relation to the the first movie. None of the same creatives, none of the Mm, the same cast. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I did buy them a few weeks ago. So I have both, oh, both yeah. of those movies. How I got into college. I'm scared. I'm terrified. Bummer. Just when you thought it was safe to go into your locker, <laughs> comes the terrifying true story of teens facing that most horrifying experience of all. Getting into college. Experience the shock of entrance exams. How do you think you did, Marlon? I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell from a bunch of dots. Sure you did fine. 
Witness the torture of meeting college recruiters. Jesus wants you to attend the Arcadia Bible Academy. Live the horror. Lame. Lame? Yeah. It has Lionel Hutz in it, man. <laughs> it does have Phil. Yeah. It's a romantic comedy, but that trailer is all comedy. Yeah, I would I would watch the tra- I would watch the movie that the trailer is pitching. It seems like some dumb fun. Well, it's Savage Steve Holland. He made Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. I love Savage Better Steve off Holland. Dead. Yeah, with John Cusack. Yeah, okay. Yep, it's a fantastic movie. It is definitely on the list. I think yep. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. But the cast of this movie is crazy. You've got Lara Flynn Boyle from Twin Peaks and The Practice, Anthony Edwards, Goose in Top Gun and uh, from ER. What a legend. Um, Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, is in this movie. Mad. Philip Baker Hall, who literally just passed away last week. Um, he's a legend Richard Jenkins Phil Hartman you already already mentioned what a man rest in peace Curtis Armstrong Taylor Negron Diane Franklin she's one of the original princesses in Bill and Ted and is also in Better Off Dead also the voiceover artist in the trailer who's having a nice who's having a very nice time is the guy who did the voiceover for the Tyco toy commercials when I was a kid (laughs) Uh, very specifically Dino Riders and the Tyco Super Turbo Train with Daredevil Jump Kira will cut in the audio of those ads here. The world's fastest train is taking off. Super Turbo Train with Daredevil Jump travels in scale beyond the speed of sound. So fast, it races up a wall and even upside down. So fast, it makes the incredible Daredevil Jump and keeps on going. There's nothing else like it. Take control of the fastest and only airborne train. The new Super Turbo Train with Daredevil Jump from Tyco. Working girl? Harrison Ford. Last night was special. It wasn't so special. I had to carry up three flights of stairs. Sigourney Weaver. I think he's going to pop the question. You do? I've indicated that I'm receptive to an offer, and I am, after all, me. Melanie Griffith. Maybe I just don't like you. Me? Nah. (laughs) Working girl. Yeah. I did not realize, like, I've heard of Working Girl. I did not realize it had fucking Sigourney being a fucking yeah, I very babe much, in like, this movie. I've heard this movie talked about and referenced and stuff. Yeah. Heaps. It, like, it gets. I thought it was a different movie. It's a hit. The trailer yeah. did not seem familiar at all to at what all. I thought that, that. Not that I had any specific thoughts about what that movie was, but it wasn't that. And yeah, I agree. I did not know Sigourney Weaver was in it. Yeah. yeah. Or Harrison Ford. And Mel- or any and of Mel- those Mel- people. <laughs> I don't, I don't Melanie really Griffiths know Melanie is, the, is the lead in I that movie. Yeah, no. Maybe I knew Melanie Griffiths was in it, but yeah, no, not yeah. what I expected yep. from that movie. And then a reminder to keep watching after the picture for more trailers. Yeah. Keep watching after this feature for more previews from the CBS Fox Video Collection. And then we get another warning to knock out your local video store if the tape you're watching is pirated. If the VHS cassette you're watching does not look like this, it's possible you're viewing an inferior, pirated copy. Beta cassettes do not have a yellow spine. Beta program quality is guaranteed by this polarized seal. If your cassette does not carry these guarantees of quality, phone the Australian Film and Video Security Office. Help stop video pirates. Is that a common thing? Piracy was such a massive thing at this point in time that... But like video stores would pirate movies not even necessarily video stores just make sure that the man that is giving you VHS tapes from wherever it is that you're getting VHS tapes from including maybe the, perhaps the back of the car uh, is not giving you a pirate tape 
Did you buy many tapes from the back of cars, Ken? I can never confirm nor deny on the podcast. Which one of you is going to recap the premise of Alienation? You look excited. I'll let you do it. This movie is very exciting. So Alienation is a group of aliens get stranded on Earth and it's a cop drama where one cop has to partner with an alien and bring down an alien drug ring. All of those things are true. Is that? Did I do it? <laughs> kind of. I think I did it. That was a pretty good one. It's a buddy cop movie where aliens are the standard for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Standing yeah. for any kind of foreigner. Yeah, is the buddy in yeah, buddy cop. the buddy in buddy Yeah. The blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998. Xenophobic, seen it all cop, teams up with an extraterrestrial lawman to find the alien who killed his partner. Fine performances by the leads and many clever touches carry the film. Made into a TV series. Four stars. Sorry, can we start a spin-off podcast with that TV show? It only lasted one season. Oh, that's a shame. I'm going to talk about the TV show a little bit in a second, so we'll, we, we'll circle back to that. Janet Maslin did review oh my God! Yes. the return of Janet Maslin to- JM, the big JM. Yeah, the lady that blocked us. I will read of the review. Once again, I have uh, paraphrased- all of the just recap content yeah, of this geez. because we were going to recap the movie anyway. Alienation has the best science fiction idea this side of the Terminator. It presents a race of extraterrestrials that have already arrived and been absorbed into the population of Los Angeles. It works as a witty parable about racism for a while, mixing aliens and earthlings with a casualness that under the circumstances seems very clever. The places and situations in which the newcomers turn up are consistent with familiar racial stereotypes and the progress wherein uh, this highly intelligent, hardworking new ethnic group has infiltrated the Los Angeles population is charted in some interesting ways. Even better, the film also works on a buddy level with Mr. Khan very good as a crusty, tough-talking veteran, the kind of guy who'll stop his car to have an argument right in the middle of traffic. Mr. Patikin is equally excellent as a polite alien whose manners are much more middle-class than his partner's. Eventually, the conventional aspects of alienation overwhelm the novelty. The film is more violent than it has to be. The biggest disappointment comes with a revelation about secret activities in which the aliens seem to be engaging right under the Earthlings noses. This covert activity proves remarkably uninteresting and leaves nothing more than half an hour's worth of standard action film gunplay. It turns out, after all, there's nothing new under the sun. Jenna Maslin of the New York Times. That, for being so spot on, is not spot on about the ending. I feel like if it was to be anything greater than what these secret activities are, I think that would remove the grittiness and the ground level of it because it, it feels so ground level. And, and I really appreciated that. I don't care about the drug thing. I think the drug thing is fine. I find the last act of this movie really uninteresting. There is no US Blu-ray of this movie, but there is an Australian and a European Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, which is only a problem for you, I guess, if you're region locking, if you have to do with region locking, but it's not particularly hard to get around. It is streaming in the US. It is not streaming in Australia. Um, so I guess you can just watch it in streaming in the US. You don't need a Blu-ray, although you should buy a Blu-ray because fuck Fox. Um, <laughs> well, they're owned by Disney now and they don't re- they're not going to release things. So buy the fucking Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, my backstory with this movie is that, yeah, this is something that I saw as a child with my with my father. And the thing that kind of stuck out and was really memorable was all the weirdness, all the kind of yeah. the weird little bits and pieces, you know. Um, well, we'll talk more specifically about them as we go on, but obviously the names and the way that the newcomers get drunk. It has a lot, it has lots of ideas in it that were yeah. that were really interesting to to me as a child. Yeah. And I think that, that they're right. There's a lot of cleverness in this, mo- in this movie. As a kid, I was obviously completely unaware of it trying to be a metaphor for 
yeah. for for racism and in, this in America. Is, this is going to sound really bad. And I also please. think it's kind of window dressing. I don't think it does much with it. Oh, I'll come back to that. Hmm. This is this may be bad and may look bad at, at me, but was there a single black person in this movie? Yeah, his partner that gets killed at the southern. Oh movie. yeah, besides one of the main. Actors. There are there are some background people. Is there? Yeah, there's some background people that are that are black people. So but funny. Yeah, but like honestly, like it's it's kind of a parable about itself. Well we I mean we'll get we'll get into it, but one of the things that this movie does, which is questionable, is that it kills off a black man at the beginning of the movie and then replaces him with a white man pretending to be an alien. And like, let's just move on from that because I don't want to get into a massive, a massive yeah, thing yeah, because yeah, I yeah. honestly, I don't think that, as I said, I think the movie treats it like window dressing. I don't think yeah. the movie's really that interested in the allegory in the meta, in the metaphor. It's just using it as window dressing to make a fun science fiction buddy cop movie where, yeah. the, guy's a, where the guy's an alien. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were saying all the science fiction-y kind of little things that they sprinkled throughout no, were no, just the, window the, dressing. The, the racism allegory yeah. is, is the window. Is yeah, the window 100% dressing. agree. It's not really interesting actually addressing anything yeah. unlike a movie that stripped this movie for parts like right. district, district 13 oh. which is a really good metaphor about segregation and apartheid in south in south africa what do you have against district 13 man like it's been coming what do you have i don't i don't have anything particularly against i love it. that i movie. don't like neil Glomclamp, the director very much yeah. i don't like any of his other movies i'm fine with district 13 i think that movie also the way that that movie cheats, it's a found footage movie and then it just switches to a narr- to a to a single Fuck, camera narrative halfway through that movie. Realize that. It literally yeah. drops yeah, the found does. footage thing like Yeah, when like, it gets a bit too climactic for the found footage to work. It just just switches switches away switches out of it. Yeah. Which is yeah, I think that movie's fine. It's just the effects work in that movie is is remarkable. So it has a cult fandom, and it was an okay, and it was an okay hit enough so that they did turn it into a TV show. The TV show only lasted one season, but they did then go on to make five TV movies Heck that were released here on VHS as real movies. So we thought they were sequels. They have different cast. They recast. It's the same characters, completely recast. Oh, completely that's a re- shame. Recast. James Can brought a lot to this movie. I think. Yeah. 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 And Mandy Patinkin. I remember, I think I've seen at least one of the TV movies and I'm pretty sure that I've seen some of the TV show, but I don't remember how I felt about it. It has been in development for, for a remake since like 2015 was like kind of when first reports It had a couple of different writers names and directors names attached. The last name that is attached to it is Jeff Nichols who made mud with Matthew McConaughey Mm -hmm. and also a science fiction movie called midnight special with one of with Joel Edgerton, I think. Yeah. And that movie was okay. I didn't, I didn't like or dislike it, but I'm, and I'm kind of down for, for a new take on this movie. I think there's enough ideas in this that you could do a new version of this. That would be interesting. I would be fucking into seeing a modern sequel i yeah. don't really want to see the other other riffraff that's come out of this because it probably wasn't that good mm. at um last report it's probably going to be a limited series instead of a movie i fucking hate how they're doing that these days well that's where the it's where stuff is it's tv yeah i know TV but need, i i just love i, I miss the content. days where people would make throwaway movies you know and they would have a chance okay. for a cult following so this is the problem right you're going to remake alienation are you going to make Alienation at $150 million? Because that's the only way that you can make that movie, that movie to put in to put in a cinema. Yeah. Right? It's too big a risk. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not original IP, but it's close enough to original IP that it's too big a risk. So guess where it goes? It goes to television. 
Mm. It becomes a series on it becomes a series on television because you can take risks and do and do interesting things with this idea on television. You can't do that with a hundred and fifty million. It's gonna be movie. shit. It's gonna be shit, Can. I know it. It's gonna know. be shit. Who knows? It's gonna be way too polished and the writing isn't gonna be there. Part of the the th- one of the things that I love about this movie is that I love me a LA at night movie. Like downtown LA at night in the eighties has a particular look and feel to it. It's where Terminator is set. The original Terminator is set. It's where so many movies that I love the look and feel of are downtown LA in the eighties in the eighties and nineties. There's a vibe to it, yeah, and that will not exist. Most of this movie is nighttime. Like quite a lot of it is nighttime. There's it's, daytime yeah, scenes, but you're most right. Of it's, it's almost nighttime. like a genre in itself. It is a genre yeah. in itself, and there's no way that this movie gets the, the, that it gets turned into a TV show and it keeps that vibe. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah. It's going to be too visually pretty. So we open with some setup text, the city of LA in 1991. Oh, it's yeah, the future. About that. <laughs> yeah. It's, this movie's it's 1989. It's not far in the future. No, like <laughs> it's a weird choice, just three years ahead. Just to make it, you know, plausible. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, they have landed and now they are among us. I actually really like the opening of this. And then we see grainy news footage of a UFO over the Mojave Desert. Yeah. And we get a new- Visually, movie. District 13 basically took that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I like I like that it's grainy news footage. Yeah. Like, this movie doesn't have the budget to do, like, crazy- uh, I mean, UFO effects back then weren't particularly good. So they do the, they pull the alien trick, which really Scott did in the first Alien, where they shoot it on a camera that looks crappy. So the effects look better. Yeah, mm-hmm. well done. And then we get a news report telling us that it's been three years today since the newcomer's uh, ship arrived. We get a bunch of setup uh, from that reporter. That reporter is played by Ed uh, Bowen. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's uh, Dr. Silberman in the first three Terminator movies. The newcomers were genetically engineered, adapted for hard labor, and it was a slave ship. While we're learning that information, we see detectives uh, Fedichuk and Altires in a bar watching the report and learn that newcomers have basically already started to become integrated into society and that the general populace is kind of mixed on it. Okay. Yeah. Fedachuk is played by Peter Jason, who worked a lot with uh, John Carpenter. We also learn that newcomers mature faster. They have adult brains at about 10. And then the movie rolls out the living corpse of Ronald Reagan to make a speech <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. accepting them into, into society, taken from a real speech, not about aliens. Yeah, but yes. Un- unfortunate. Yeah, and then uh, I feel Fed- like that's a famous speech, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That line is from something more important, like it's an important speech that they've stolen that from. Yeah, and this is what they used to do. Now they would just you know do a digital Ronald Reagan, <laughs> yeah, which I've seen definitely seen in something. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Where where they use AI to recreate his voice. Yeah, yeah. But back then they just would cut pieces of other speeches into mm. into movies to to change their context. And Fedichuk harasses a newcomer who's working behind the bar and that's kind of our introduction. I thought it was up. just a little bit of banter. Was he actually harassing him? He kind of gives him shit. Yeah. yeah. He gives him shit and the and the newcomer takes it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to like it. You're right. He probably is being yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then we get our introduction of our two hero cops or the guy we think is a hero and our actual an actual hero. James Kahn as Sykes. And Roger Aaron Brown as Tug. He's also in a bunch of stuff. He's in Cobra. Tug. Yeah. He looked familiar. Yeah. He's in Cobra with Stallone, Near Dark, Action Jackson, Robocop 2. Um, and they're cruising through Slagtown. As oh, come yeah. To Did we have any justification for calling them slags? Or was it just because they melt into slag? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And we get a glimpse of how they've been integrated into society. There are even billboards where they are in Pepsi ads. Yeah. Pepsi. 
the choice of a new generation. Is this what you were talking about? How we get two scenes and we know everything yeah, about the situation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the, fucking good. Du- it's really well done. This you basically learn. Every, you learn almost everything. It's like it's not the level that we've talked about before, where like in one montage you know everything that's happening in the movie. It's very. Or you get all the characters introduced, but it's it's fucking good. It's very exposition dump. Like it's very much a story dump, right? But it's handled in a really fun way. It's um, exposition dump, but around it is like mood dump. Yes. Yeah. So, you get the feel of it. And this is like almost all of the setup for the yeah. movie. There's very little else. We don't really, almost everything that we learn about them, except for like the, the melting seawater, right? We yeah. learn that later. Almost everything that we learn about them and their big secret is learnt in this in these two scenes. And then the rest of the movie just plays out like a buddy cop movie. Yeah. I It's fucking genius. Like I... Of course, when I started watching this, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be like, right, whatever. But after the first few minutes, I really didn't know what way they were going to take it and maybe it was going to be less like Bright than I thought, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of still is. Uh, Sykes wonders if their plumbing is the same. Tug tells him it is. <laughs> does Tug know, does he? I guess so. Yeah. And then uh, a drunk newcomer approaches their car at a set of lights and we learn that newcomers get drunk off sour milk. Yes. Yeah. I fucking love Fucking love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like not only a genius little like, oh, here's something different. What would they get drunk off that's totally foreign and something we would want to stay away from? Well, it plays into, it plays into the drug as well because it sets up that they metabolize things differently than, than humans do. True, but mm-hmm. it's also that thing where it's like, no, there you there's reasons why humans have complete aversion to them mm. because even their substance that they imbibe is foul to us. Yeah, I suppose. It's yeah. not just looks. It's everything down to even how they get drunk. Mm. Sykes kind of keeps up a running commentary as they're kind of driving around. He gives them shit for for playing a game that basically just looks like fucking lacrosse. Yeah, mm. like, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Is it because they can like fight people while they're doing I, it? I, I don't is know. that part of lacrosse anyway? I don't know. I don't know anything about lacrosse. Yeah, either. Except it's called lax. <laughs> Okay. Did you guys spot what movie's playing on the movie theatre they drive past? Nah. No. Rambo 6? <laughs> Fuck. It's just a movie having fun. Yeah. We never got to 6. We got to 5. We haven't gotten to 6 yet. Oh, yeah, because it's in the future. Oh, that's a great... Yeah. yeah, that's great. Tug asks Sykes if he's going to his daughter's Crystal's wedding. It's clear that they're kind of estranged from each other. Tug and his wife are going... And we also learned that Sykes is divorced. That's kind of the, the setup. Yeah, buddy cop setup. Buddy that, cop. Yeah, <laughs> to be. Honestly, Tug may as well say he's three days away from retirement. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just so obvious that what's going to happen. Oh, fuck. So obvious. I mean, I was, I knew that he was eventually not going to be part of it, but when it actually happened, like, there was no surprise. Like, I didn't see it coming, but as soon as it did happen, I was like. So Sykes spots two suspicious newcomers in trench coats going into a mini mart. And they pull over. This uh, was clean. Yeah. Tug wants to go in, wants to call for backup, but Sykes is, you know, he's a renegade cop with nothing to lose. <laughs> so he, um, uh, he's like, nah, let's just do it. They, I like the banter about uh, the, vest. the vest. Yes. Yeah, it's so really, good. It's, it's really fun. You got your vest? Of course I brought my vest in the trunk of the car. Oh, that's where mine is. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. Well, my brother, I'm going to go across the street and get a better angle on that door. You watch your ass. You watch my ass. This whole sequence of events is fucking clean. Yeah. So they end up splitting up and then shit goes bad inside the store. And with um, these two newcomers who blast away the store owner, who is also a newcomer. 
Sykes spots a bad guy who's a, a human who is the newcomer's, the bad newcomer's driver, who of course uses an Uzi. Mm-hmm. Uzis. These movies got a Uzi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then kind of all hell breaks loose. Each, both Sykes and Tug kind of use cars as cover. It really escalated quickly. It does escalate. Very, it very escalates. Quickly. It fucking pops off. Yeah. The newcomer, one of the newcomers inside the store, he's going to become important later, but I'll yeah. check him as, as he actually, his name is mentioned. I definitely think I know that guy. Yeah. Well, I'll wait though. Yeah. He switches mags. He switches for switches to like a round mag, magazine for a shotgun. Yeah. And then, Do they exist? Yeah. Really? Sabbath slugs are a real thing. Oh, I was like, did they just turn a shotgun into a Tommy gun? What just happened here? <laughs> no, it's a different. It's a it's a real it's a real thing. I was confused as well. Is he firing like alien bullets? No, there's just sabot slugs, sabot shotgun slugs. Okay. It's just a type of shotgun slug that has a, a more focused, heavier shot in them. They have like a more like a like a bullet projectile in them as opposed to as to as opposed to shot. So it's like. An elephant gun, but a shotgun. Kind of, yeah. So when he's know. shooting I through the car, it, is that realistic? Up. I looked it up, but I only looked it up for, for I don't think, not necessarily, but in oh. the context of the movie, it's closer to what might happen, maybe. I right, don't know. okay. I, I didn't you're look, not a gun expert, I, is I, what I'm you're not telling a gun, me. I'm not a gun expert. <laughs> But I did look up the name of the thing, both to for spelling and to figure out if it was cool. a real thing or not. And that's the bulk of the information that I got. That <laughs> Thank I got you out. for passing that on. Gun uh, people just yelling at me <laughs> on the internet. Whatever. Take your flunkies and dangle. <laughs> the shots that he fires just go clean through the car. And Tug keeps on moving down the car. I actually really like this. He keeps on moving down the car to get away from it. But eventually he just runs out of room and takes takes a, a nice big hole through the chest. Yeah. Lay down or like go to where the bullets already are if he's working Yeah, away. actually that's what I was thinking. <laughs> he just went up by the way because they were clearly going this movie. Just, yeah. just go to where there's already a hole and stay yeah. there. Yeah. The newcomers leave out the back door as Sykes checks on Tug, who's DOA, and then he chases after the newcomers through alleyways, comes to an intersection, there's a newcomer up on a billboard behind him that fires his fires his gun at him. Yeah, so fires silly. his whole clip and then has to drop it. Well, so they can get rid of the gun. Yeah, but also, like, why shoot at him? Like, you're so far away, he's not going to catch yeah, you. I don't know. But eventually Sykes chases a guy to a tunnel and we see the newcomer drink Chekhov's blue liquid. Oh, Fuck. That clicks now. Thank you. I did not pick that up. Uh, From a vial and then charges him down like a bull. Sykes unloads. The newcomer stumbles but keeps on coming. He fires and finally goes down. He shoots like 16 shots out of that gun. Yeah. That's not how many bullets are in that gun. That is very true. I think. I don't know. I'm not a gun guy. No, it's it's got like a round thing on it. Like not. Is it a revolver? Yeah, I thought it was his revolver that he gets like boosted later on. No, 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 no. That's a whole different gun. Oh. I thought I paid attention to this movie. (laughs) Classic Brody. Eventually the other newcomer jumps him, kicks the shit out of him, is kind of choking him when playing clothes cops arrive on the scene. Mm. Uh, That newcomer bolts, so one of them survives and gets away. The plain clothes cop that helps Sykes is a newcomer. It's our boy Sam. Sykes punches him and and refuses his help. Yeah, so... I thought when he first attacked, like when he first hit him, I thought it was because he didn't realize that he was a cop. Like thought he was one of because he was just being attacked by. Like the second time, obviously, he did it very much intentionally. But I thought the first time it was a bit of a misunderstanding situation. No, it's because he saw a newcomer and he fucked up his newcomers. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he's a racist cop. Yeah, (sighs) fuck! I just feel like such an idiot because (laughs) at the very start of the movie, they have a drug, and that drug makes the newcomer go, which is the name for the aliens, 
go into a berserker rage. I just I, have a, I feel I have like a note that says performance enhancing alien drugs. Yeah, <laughs> I just Correct. totally forgot about that after this scene. I feel like such a fucking idiot. I had no idea the end was coming until it came. Good job, Brody. So back at the scene, Tug is loaded into a meat wagon and Sykes heads into the store. Inside the store, there's a detective explaining to another cop and to us that the shotgun was loaded with sabot slugs, which are pretty heavy duty to try to rob a minimart with. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of hidden because Sykes, we're on we're on Sykes, right? And then yeah. now these two other guys are just kind of talking. And then Sam mentions that the same type of ammo was used two days ago to kill another newcomer named Hubley. Sykes asks... Was this low in the mix or something? Because, like, I swear I just didn't pick up some of this shit. I think you just didn't pick up. You didn't pick Fuck. up the drug thing. I don't think. I don't. I think that you were settling into the movie and you weren't I paying full, attention. I have very little notes. I was fully just into this movie. <laughs> okay. Sykes goes to ask Sam if he thinks the shootings are connected, but. But Sam is called away to talk to the newcomer widow of the of the store of the store owner, and so he doesn't he doesn't answer. And then Sykes goes home to his uh, bachelor pad, where he moves a carton of Chekhov brand milk out of the way so that he can get to a bottle of vodka. Yeah, it's- leaving it on top of his fridge. And listening to his answer. See, that's clean, messages. man. That's it's so, so clean. Yeah. Moving the off milk to get to your vodka. That's it takes so it out of the clean. fridge, puts it on top of the fridge, and then later it becomes a thing. It's fucking it's just perfect. Nice. It's just a good time. It probably <sighs> wasn't off milk when he moved it. That's a fucking good point. I didn't even realize that. It's not like he has. See, that makes friends. it even better. Yeah. it's an- Oh, the forethought in that little action, in that tiny little piece of action in that scene. That's yeah, great. It's I a fucking r- love it's that. It's a writer having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And filmmakers <sighs> having a good time. That's yeah. so good. On the answering room scene messages, his daughter begs him to come to the wedding, that she's worked it all out with Tug to drag him there. Too bad. That's the literally that's the three days away from retirement. Yeah. Part, yeah. Of, part of the movie. She says, I love you. And that then she, she shouldn't have said it because it means now he'll pull the tape out and save it. And which he does. he does actually do. Which is kind does of, he? Which is kind oh, of I miss yeah. that. Fuck. Takes it and he puts it in his bedside table. Yeah. Oh, and that's... his house is a mess. There's like yeah. food, takeaway food everywhere. And clearly this man's not living a good life. Yeah. He still hasn't recovered from his divorce. From his clearly. divorce. Yeah. Classic. Classic cop, cop yeah. cliche. He was too committed to the job. Too committed to the job. You know, lost, put his job before his wife. And that's why she doesn't exist in this movie. Yes. <laughs> and then the next day in the detective bullpen, Sykes is hung over his whole hell and goes straight to Fedorchuk and Altires to find out what they have. I and love- they don't have dick because slags don't talk. <laughs> I love that he's wearing a cut off sleeveless like singlet. What's crazy about those? That's just like James Khan's <laughs> wardrobe. Like if you look at photos of him from the era, that's just what that man wears. 100%. He's just like, I want to be comfortable. Yeah, 100%. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He's, he's the man. The captain walks in and reads an announcement. The government has mandated that one newcomer is to be promoted to detective and he wants a volunteer to be the newcomer's partner. Everyone groans. But then Sykes sees that it's Sam, looks at Tug's desk and then volunteers. Because I fucking love this. What the newcomer said, of what Sam said in the store about the shooting. Because he knows that Sam... Slags will talk to slags. Slags will talk to slags and also Sam already has a piece of information that could help him find the people that killed his partner. So I, I love that he went and volunteered. Like it's normally in this kind of cop movie that he gets reluctantly put with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love that. <laughs> I just think that, of last action hero where last action hero with where uh, the angry police captain partners somebody with the cartoon cat. <laughs> 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 so I don't know why that popped into my head, but it did. It, it's just great. Instead of removing the like, oh, I don't want to have to work with him. 
with, with him on this case and he's like reluctant to get to know him. It's like, no, I see my opportunity. This is going to work for me. I'm a good detective. I'm going to use this guy. Immediately he's like, we're not going to be friends, but you're going to fucking help me. The captain even offers him an out, but he re- he rejects it. And then the captain warns him not to look into Tug's case. And then Sykes says he wants to investigate Hubley's death. <laughs> Smart. Because he knows that they're connected. One of the reasons that it's agreed to is because it's a crime in the newcomer community. And so it'd be good for PR that this newcomer is working. Is He's already detective a detective and, and, and yeah, shit. There's yeah. a lot of, kind of stuff. And then as they're leaving, the, yeah, as they're leaving the precinct, James Khan kind of lays out the rules that he drives. Francisco does all the paperwork. We work my hours. I do the driving and you do the paperwork. You got to learn it anyway, so you might as well do it all. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he needs Matt. to learn about it anyway. I kind of, uh, you don't call him Sergeant, you call him Matt or Sykes. I'm Samuel. And it takes a second for Sykes to put two and two together. San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's not having it. He's going to call him George. And don't call me Sergeant. Call me Sykes or Matt if you got to. Okay? I am Samuel. Would you like a donut? San Francisco. San Francisco? <laughs> no, I, I ain't buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not going to introduce you to people as San Francisco. Uh, I think I'll call you George. George? Okay. Okay. Which George is okay with. The guys that were handing out names must have got punchy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Stuff. And I love that it's a bit throughout every time he hears a name, he's just like, what the fuck? Also throughout this scene, George, I'm just going to call him George from now on, keeps on offering him things, coffee. Yeah. Mm. And then the newspaper, but he doesn't know which one he reads, so he got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he's got his smokes and a card deodorizer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just that's trying to make right. Friends. It's fucking great. I would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. he, also, he also says that um, Sykes' name means yeah. something. So, yeah. So w- the way that it's set up is like, is basically Sykes is like, what do you care what your name is, right? And then mm. uh, Sykes tells him his real name, uh, which I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Mm, yeah. yeah, Sykes is like, so what do you care what your name is? George is fine, right? Yeah, why would it bother you if I call you, if you call you George? The response from George is that, well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you don't care that your name is Sykes, which sounds like two words in our language. Excrement and head. Yeah. And that's a, that's a bit that comes back as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. I'm actually surprised that it's not a running gag through yeah. the movie that people laugh at. They did a good back, job of it winding it back. back. It only comes back once. Each beat comes back once. Yeah. This movie is fucking clean. Mm. Like, even there's no coincidence. You know what I mean? It's not just like narrative happenstance. Oh, it's like people going after things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's volition. At a gun range, Sykes picks up his hand cannon uh, with a sight because his intentions are pretty ki- clear. He's out to kill the guy that killed his partner. Gun expert. Is that a <laughs> As thing? I am. Is that a thing? A pistol, a, a fucking revolver, revolver with a sight? With a sight? Like, does it work when a, you have an outstretched hand? It doesn't work with an outstretched hand, but why would you hold it up to your face? Exactly. You're just going to get punched in the face. So, yeah, I know. I think it's bullshit. I don't know. I know that it, I know that it exists in video games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, police academy, uh, police academy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure it's there. Yep. <laughs> no, I think it's all bullshit. Apparently, it has twice the energy impact of a 44 Magnum, and the shells are so big that it only fires five shots. Is that um, good? <laughs> I, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm no just reading. I'm just saying words out loud. Uh, he'll only need. The guy says he'll only need one. Sykes says, "No, I'll need two, and we'll find out why a little bit later." <laughs> 
at the range, George can't shoot for shit. Could he not? Or was he just trying to be like non-lethal? No, he can't. Like he can't shoot. I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but lots were cut out of this movie. Lots was rearranged. Oh. Right? Yeah. So there's stuff, there's characters that are completely gone. Stop. There's parts of plot lines that are completely gone from this movie to get it to 86 minutes, right? Yeah. And This is a movie that did not drag. So I think that it played into something later that was then taken out. Like the fact like that he misses sh- an important shot or something. Yeah, which I so I think that that's the that's the thing. I just thought they were being subtle in saying that like he's not a violent man, or and also that he doesn't deserve his position because he can't shoot for shit. How long? That's an interesting How take. How long have you been like? Because he's only been there for a, been a year, cop, right? Yeah. yeah, that kind of this is all that kind of stuff. I um, waited seven years to become a detective. He yeah. does it in one. Yeah, there's that line about him, and then um, George kind of actually has a go at Sykes and goes, "Well, why the fuck did you?" Ask volunteer to be my partner. You clearly don't like our pe- like our yeah. people. And Sykes tells him the truth. It's so he can find the newcomer that, that killed his partner. While he's been doing this, he puts a bulletproof vest around the shooting target and tests out his hand cannon, and it works. It mm-hmm. just blows massive holes through the vest and and the target. I like the fact that he goes. He leaves the gun on the on the. Yeah. Thing, he gets to walk away and then goes. Turns back. And goes. Bring my gun. Yeah. He turns around <laughs> in a half, like he's mad at him, and then forgotten his gun. So he goes and bring my gun. You know what that? Feel? I don't know if this is this is uh, no evidence of this. This feels like James Khan forgot to pick up the gun and walk. Yeah, hundred percent. Then in the moment was like turned around and yelled at him, and they kept it in the in the movie. Yeah, kind of feels what feels what it. Yeah, um, that's an actor doing like making sure a take is yeah. still usable. James Khan on this movie. Oh no, mm. good. So he was asked about it in. If you guys ever read uh, Random Roles on the on the AV Club, Mm-mm. I really like Random Roles. Basically, it's an interview where they ask people they go through like a, a history of a person's career and they tend to ask them not just about the big movies but also the, the weird things that they were in. Did he fucking love this movie? So he was asked about this movie. Uh, by Will Harris in 2013 in Random Roles for AV Club. His response, why the fuck, why would you bring that up? (laughs) (laughs) He's such a good dude. He's like, what, what, why would you bring that up? Will Harris' Harris response was, uh, a lot of people actually like that movie. I do, for one. And then James Caan responds, well, yeah, I don't know. I have too many. I mean, I loved Mandy. Mandy was a riot, but I don't know. It was a lot of silly stuff creatively. And we had this English director who I wasn't really fond of. I mean, nice guy, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you don't quit, you get through it. Uh, it certainly wasn't one of, I wouldn't write it down as one of my favorite movies, but it was pretty popular. I love that him and Mandy were best buds on set. Yeah, they had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> they had a good time. I actually think you can see James Khan just getting through it a lot in this movie. Yeah. I'm not saying he's fine. He you can fun. see Mandy loving it. I, don't, I don't think he phones in his performance, but nah. you can just see that James Khan is like obviously adding a lot of lines. I think there's a lot of lines where he's just adding stuff on business because he he's wants trying to, to he's trying to just bring something to it because he feels like it's not it feels like it's not there. Yeah. And the thing is is that is that I think that I, that adds to the movie, and I think that there is some there there. I, there's so there's some magic not. in here, and I definitely think it's brought by James Khan. But I know I don't know why, but I know what you mean when you're like, I feel like he's just getting through it. In the car, Sykes wants details on Hubley. We learn that newcomers have a primary and a secondary heart, and we find out that Hubley worked at a chemical refinery in methane, and but was also a partner in a real estate venture to develop low-cost housing for the newcomers. See this. I love that it's not just they're trying to foil an alien drug ring. It's like they work in a fucking methane environment. 
You know what I mean? It's just yeah. these little pieces of details where it's like, oh, it just elevates the sci-fi enough. Yeah, I think all the I think all the world building stuff is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really good. I think the mystery is what lets the movie down. I don't think it's I don't think the drug the the drug thing isn't part of the problem. The drug thing is fine, but I think the mystery kind of lets the movie down and the movie does devolve into literally the last half hour is, is almost one action sequence or a bunch of kind of like stacked the up last action half hour. And I just don't think that, I just don't think that the action is very interesting. So I think that the movie suffers and runs out of steam. And as we talked about, has an ending and then still goes on for 15 yeah. More minutes. Yeah. It could have probably just finished at the first ending. We also learned that Hubley wasn't robbed. And that the newcomers at the Minimart made a half-assed job at robbing it as well. And Sykes thinks that the store owner and Hubley were executed, that the robbery was all a, was a ruse. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. George reminds him that the Minimart isn't their case and that isn't by the book. And Sykes stops his car in the middle of traffic <laughs> to rant and bully George into his point of view. I feel like there's Americans like this that actually exist because you see it portrayed in like several different things, like people just stopping in the middle of traffic and being like, fuck you to everyone else. Usually New Yorkers and then and then moving on because they don't give a fuck about anyone else on the road. They go to the mall. <laughs> that isn't hate for Americans. <laughs> Sorry, I think, I we've, already, I think we've already done enough of that today. <laughs> Hi. Hey. How, how, how are you all doing? <laughs> Not That's well. good. That's good. <laughs> um, at the morgue, uh, they get some details about the human driver and the newcomer that uh, Sykes murked from the mini mark. It, the fucking mini-mart. morgue dude. Uh, I didn't write his name down. I know that actor. Donnie in, Young or something like that? I don't know. I do know that I've seen him in other things, but he's not someone that I, that I name checked. Fucking prolific. He's been in some big things. Also, massive voice actor. I love that dude. Okay, cool. Yeah. The newcomer is a John Doe or a Sam Slag. Oh, yeah, that was racist. The whole thing is racist. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but but to have a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Depiction is not endorsement. Exactly. George examines the mouth of the dead newcomer and talks to a newcomer mortuary assistant in their native language. It looks like the miner's disease. He then asks him to test the blood and keep it between them. And Sykes wants to know what he's up to, but George kind of plays him off, plays him off and lies to him. I love a bit of... Alien whispers. They go to evidence to look at the personal effects of the two dead men. <laughs> and then George doesn't know what a what a rubber is. So Sykes explains it to him. It fits. It fits. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. a bit of the Coney Island whitefish. He inquires to the <laughs> size of the human phallus and then implies that it is smaller than the phallus of a newcomer. <laughs> Yeah, this bit was weird. It's and having the, like, secretary lady, like, look over the whole time the, was the, weird. The, do you need this? No, I've got my own. Yes! That was weird. Oh, it was yeah. a weird it's bit, right? Business. It was a weird this, bit. Yeah, it was some strange business. But, like, I also didn't hate it. I was like, I don't know if this is an offensive bit or not. Didn't we already do that the plumbing's the same? Yeah, but there might be a size difference in the plumbing. Right. Yeah, which I think is what is in, George is implying. Yeah, no, I get that that's what he's implying. It's just that before they said it was the same. Well, it's rubber. It stretches. <laughs> it still fits. <laughs> Sykes notices that the dead newcomer's boots have a strange yellow substance on them, and George knows that it's a resin used in methane production to prevent sparks. He knows that because a large number of newcomers work at the refinery because they can breathe it in because they don't metabolize it. Sykes makes the connection that... Hubley also worked in methane production. The next step for them is to talk to the store owner's wife 
and George thinks he should do it alone. Because she's a newcomer. So they split the party. And Sykes- <laughs> Never split the party. We split the party every Never week split the party. <laughs> and Sykes heads to the re- refinery where he talks to a human manager about Hubley. Apparently he was a good guy. Yeah, I was like, this manager seems like a really, really Stand nice guy. Yeah, he's he really seems like a really nice. good guy. Like he yeah. doesn't treat the newcomers any different. Yeah, and yeah. then Sykes shows him a photo of the newcomer that he killed the, from the, the mini-mart and the manager recognizes him as Anderson. So Sykes goes to enter into the methane area and the manager stops him because he'll die. <laughs> and and then, he seems to have admiration for him. He goes, I don't know how these guys do it in there. Yeah. And then Sykes leaves. The manager gives him a shifty look. <laughs> Very suspicious. It takes way too long on him. And it's then, like the dog with the shifty well, eyes from Simpsons. Know. They want you to know. And then the manager heads into an observation area that looks down into the methane refinery that's actually a high-tech alien drug lab where they're making the blue liquid from earlier. Of course. At the mini-mart, George talks to the store owner's widow, showing her photos, and she tells him that her son might know who the who those men are, and he comforts her while she while she cries. It's a sweet little moment. Yeah, I actually really appreciate it, particularly when we find out, particularly after who we find out the son to be. And we get our second Pepsi product placement of the motion picture. The first one was Did the Did that build. happen a lot in this movie? It happened a few times. It happened enough that I noticed it. <laughs> Pepsi, enough. a generation ahead. <laughs> Sykes. This is his bit for the podcast. <laughs> I hope so. It's a good bit. Sykes pulls up out the front of George's house in a middle-class neighborhood with an actual white picket fence. Oh, that's Didn't true. This feels like a, this moment feels like a spoof. Well, it's, George has everything that would be like Sykes's dream, right? You know, the, he's a wife and child in a white picket fence. Yeah, you know I, mean? I didn't feel like that. I felt like he was had what he thought was the ideal and was striving for like almost robot-like. The American dream. Yeah. 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 His kid is fixing his bike in the front yard and his wife says goodbye to him and kind of kisses him goodbye. Yeah. And then... uh <laughs> Sykes instantly, he's just like, he just wants to know what he found out. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> yeah. anything. Safety first. He Put your seatbelt on. on. George, we're not even moving. <laughs> yes. And then George relays the information that the widow thinks the son might have involved and that uh, his name is Porter. That's the first time that we find out that the family name of the newcomers that own the mini-mart is Porter. They're also going to see William Harcourt, a business associate, so, associate of Hubley's. Where did that information come from? Like, this is what I mean no about idea. like things that are kind of missing. It feels like there should have been a, they got that information from somewhere, right? But I think the mini-mart owner is associated. They, they are, yeah. He was yeah. in the business deal, the real estate deal. This is how they kind of like later they make the connection, the kind of connection with people. Oh. They're all involved in the re- in the real estate deal for the low cost housing. Thing, yeah, right? but you don't know how. But you don't how know, they know that they're meeting. You don't know how that they got the name Harcourt yet, right? Um, but they just do. So they're going to go do that first. <laughs> I didn't pick that up. Yeah, it, it just it's one of those things about this movie is that it, it does feel like they make a couple of jumps because there's pieces because there's pieces missing. At the Biltmore Hotel, and yes, I know that that is the Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA, uh, the mayor is giving a speech celebrating the contribution to the community of newcomer William Harcourt while in the bathroom. Oh, that's the mayor. Yes. Oh, because there's a confusing line in a bit where he's like, it sounded like he was like the police chief or something. No, that's the mayor. Right, yeah. right, right, right. In the bathroom, the second shooter from the mini-mart is doing a dose of the blue drug 
Oh my fucking god! Did you not How catch that the not second time up? either? No. Did you not realize that that was the guy from the? That's why he. That's why I knew I, it was the guy. I just didn't pick up that it's a little dose of the drug. What did you think he what was did doing? You think Random he was alien doing? shit. I thought it would become apparent later, and it did. But I didn't pick it up. <laughs> fucking hell! I'm dying this week, Brody. Did you even watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure I did. It could have been a fever dream. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you see why now I don't know if I've seen movies? Because <laughs> you don't know the one you watched yesterday. <laughs> yeah. He walks into the ballroom as Harcourt is giving a, a speech, and then in the lobby, which by the way is how I knew it was the Biltmore because I recognise that lobby. <laughs> you I know so that lobby serious. from other movies. Like what? Uh, Daredevil uses that movie. Uses that lobby. Oh, okay. That's um, a deep cut. With, with fucking Ben Affleck. The yeah. Ben Affleck Daredevil movie uses that lobby. I don't know. It's the first one that jumps into my head. You know it's what's surprising? Music, it's also music videos. I just know that location. I just know it. You know what's surprising? Yep. The amount of times I've seen that Daredevil movie. You know it's what? not great. Me too. I don't know why. <laughs> but it's also got my boyfriend in it. Uh, Co- Colin Farrell? No, no, no. Uh, who's Kingpin in that movie? Um, oh, fuck. Who is Kingpin in that movie? Uh, oh, shit. No, you no, no. You don't know your boyfriend's name. It's not no, Vincent no, no. D'Onofrio. It's not Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, sorry. I was mistaken for a second. Is Kingpin in that movie? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Kingpin in that movie is Green Mile, dude. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. I got confused momentarily. You confused me <laughs> cut momentarily. that, cut that, cut that. So your boyfriend's <laughs> not in that movie? No, no, no. no. My okay. boyfriend is the latest Kingpin. Ah. Your boyfriend's not Ben Affleck? No, Are Vincent Are you going to tell us who it is? Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I got confused because I from, don't know who Kingpin Salute is. From Salute of the Juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck, derail every chance I get. Sykes and George meet Harcourt and the second shooter, whose name we found out is Rudyard Kipling, author of The Jungle Book. <laughs> there you go. So Kipling, that's a good... And, and Sykes laughs at it. Yeah. 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 They ask him about Hubley and Harcourt kind of basically brushes off any kind of idea of a close mm. association with him. Um, there are a lot of newcomers involved in this real estate deal. And then the mayor rocks over and interrupts and Harcourt tells them to make an appointment for his office on Monday to come and, to come and talk to them. Yeah. So basically- See, this is the line where he's like, I wanted you to see if you know your men. He, he goes, this is, he introduces the cops to the mayor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, I just wanted to see if you knew your men. Kind That's of. why I thought he was the police chief. Right, okay, no. It's because he's the mayor. Right. Outside, Kipling tells Harcourt that Sykes is the one who chased him and killed the other killed the other man. Yeah, that's what I thought. Did Sykes not recognise him? No. No, because they say that he didn't recognise him. Oh. And also because all newcomers look the same to Sykes. Oh, yeah, he's a bigot. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's cons- why I reckon at the beginning of the movie, the first time he hits him, it's not because he's just hitting anyone. It's because he thinks he's still one of the guys because he thinks they yeah, look the same. Maybe. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think he doesn't see the uniform. I think no, he, he just, just sees, sees the, the newcomer yeah, and goes, and "Oh, I'm still fighting newcomers." Yeah, yeah. And he thinks he's still one of the bad guys. Yeah. Doesn't realize he's a cop. They're concerned that he might talk to Strader, which is a name that we have not heard before. Mm-hmm. But Harcourt tells Kipling to find him, and then at a food stand, Sykes and George. Uh, kind of chat as they're waiting for their food. We learn that George learned English in like three months mm. and they end up with each other's order. And Sykes oh, is yeah. not impressed. Raw beaver. It's tasty. I won't say anything. New, newcomers can only metabolize uncooked food. So yeah. raw, raw food, just hilarious. He just keeps on insisting that he try, tries it. <laughs> you got fur in your teeth. Yep. It's yep. At a dive bar, mostly full of newcomers, 
they're playing a Bowie song on the jukebox, which is a nice touch because he's the man who fell to Earth. Oh, it's also a good song. It's also yeah. a good Bowie, good, good Bowie song. I mean, there's lots of good Bowie songs, but it's a good one. Sykes tells George to follow his lead and then just yells, hey, which one <laughs> of you is Porter? Yeah. And then somebody yells, who wants to know? This is a is fucking Porter? good piece of action. Like it's just walks into a place where he shouldn't be and he's not really welcome. He goes straight for the... Where the fuck is this dude? But it's also like he's a bulldozer, right? Yeah, and like, and that's not what's going to work in this envi- in this environment because it's not what works. Yeah, like, as the scene kind of goes on, so they find Porter at the end of the bar. There's a little Sykes thinks it's one guy, and there's another guy. Porter is Brian Thompson. I who, know this dude. Yeah, from a bunch he's of shit. Super right? recognizable because he has a really distinct, like, angular face, and you can see you it can under see the, it makeup. the makeup. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the punk thugs along with Bill Paxton at the beginning of Terminator. Oh, fuck. He's the bad guy in Cobra with Stallone, which I've already mentioned today. He's in Three Amigos, Fright Night Part 2. He's pretty memorable on a couple of episodes of The X-Files. Might just be one episode. And he was in Buffy twice. That's true. In the first season, he's a vampire that works for the master. Okay. That gets killed off pretty pretty quickly. I think he's the anointed one. I think I might be misremembering that. He's the one that, that the master sends out. After right. he's been annoyed, he gets killed, killed off, and then he returns later as the demon that Buffy kills with the bazooka. Ah, oh, yeah, that is the. I think that is the anointed one, the first anointed. Yeah, one. yeah. It's not the child. The reason that he was in Buffy the second time was because the original actor for that role fell out, but they had a cast of his face, of Brian Thompson's face from when he was a vampire, which made it easier to sculpt the make faster to sculpt the makeup for the replacement actor. Ah, which is why he's in the, sh- in the show twice. Yeah. Mm, I feel like he did like monster parts on TV shows a fair bit. Yeah. He's still flown, still flown around. He's just, he's just one of those guys where he's so recognizable mm. that every time he shows up in something, I'm like, Oh, Hey, it's that guy. And yeah. I quite like him. He also has a distinct voice as well. Yeah. He's a bit like that dude. Who's the Kurgan in Clancy. Yeah. Clancy, yeah, Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah. 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 He's just a, like a, a character actor with an, in- with an interesting face. Sykes tries to tough guy him. Porter responds with, your mother mate's out of season. Yeah. (laughs) There's some fun translation backwards and forwards gags. Sykes tries to knee him where his balls should be, but it has no effect. Because it's the wrong spot. Oh, maybe the the blacks weren't good for me. It seemed to me like he he went to punch him in the gut. No, he punches him and then he knees him in the balls. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. Porter then crushes Sykes' flashlight, but George talks him down by telling him they can find the man that killed killed his father. And it's weird that George seems to be able to talk with him quite peacefully. Why? Because don't they find out later that George? Well, they they know each other. That's why he listens to him. They were in quarantine together. And then they go outside to talk. Porter tells them about Strader. He runs a club called Encounters. George tells Sykes about newcomer biology. There's a nerve plexus under the arm that will have the effect he was looking for. (laughs) He's always just trying to be helpful. Yes, he is. But this is the bit as well. He's very cute. He's adorable. Yeah, this, I knew that you would think he was adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> he just tries to be hopeful at every stage. Um, this is the section, as I was trying to allude to, where we, where we just get that little bit of a sprinkling that, oh, quarantine is a thing. And, like, quarantine towns and friendships you made in quarantine matter to these people. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I found, like, it wasn't obvious as soon as it was, it was introduced, but... When it does come out, I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, they got to know each other more. Mm. At the beach, Kipling and some human goons have found Strader and Harcourt arrives. 
Straight is played by Jeff Cobra, who is also in Buffy. Twice. <laughs> it seems to be that there's people who have a penchant for makeup. For yeah, makeup. face makeup. Yeah. yeah. So he plays the vampire uh, Zachary Kralik that Buffy gets trapped in a room with on her 18th birthday by the Watchers Council. Oh. Yeah. And then he later plays a warlock, uh, Rack. I think he's involved that's with right. Amy's when Amy comes back. Oh, is that that's the guy that gives them the the like magic boost that turn, that yeah. gets um, Willow addicted to magic. Yes, when Willow and Amy go out on the town and do do magic drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. magic drugs, awesome. Yeah. Well, no, they use magic as a metaphor for drug addiction in in season six of Buffy. Yeah. A metaphor or as a drug? Well, kind of as a drug. Yeah. She's addicted to magic. Yeah. yeah. Harcourt wants Strader to work for him as a distributor of the blue drug. But Strader won't let the nightmare start again. This is the first hint that there's something associated with the with the blue drug and the newcomer's past. And Harcourt orders his goons to give Strader a swimming lesson. Mm. Salt water is like battery acid to these guys. But what oh, I found it's salt water. Did they say that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because so I was thinking that that would be a problem for showering and rain. <laughs> yeah. But isn't rain like got a little bit of salt in it? Is it salt that does it or the mixture of salt and water? I think it's the alkaline quality of salt water. Mm, Okay. Don't think too much into it. (laughs) It's just fun. Yeah, I didn't catch the salt water comment in this scene and therefore for the rest of the movie whenever this came up I was like, Water. What if it rains? Yeah. <laughs> the newcomers all just go inside like it's a like yeah. it's a bomb shelter. This movie is missing one thing that normally happens in a cop movie like this. Mm-hmm. A, a shower sex scene. Name a steamy one, love scene. Name a, a buddy cop movie that has a shower sex scene. Ah, uh, you go. know I can't name things. I can't pull out names. Keen, don't I do this to me. Of, oh, wait, Lethal Weapon 2. Yes, that's kind of what I was thinking of, but I wasn't going to say it. Mel Gibson have sex with, with I'm almost positive. South African woman whose name I'm not remembering right I'm now. I'm almost well, positive. No, Keen, don't do this to me. I'm almost no, positive. There's no romantic subplot yeah, in this no, movie. There's no love interest in this movie. No, I At know. All. Yeah. That's why I was that's, really confused by who I thought was a female name checked on the front of this VHS cover, <laughs> but was not. That is a Yeah, because normally, <laughs> normally in a buddy cop movie there would be some... Steamy love scene. Well, there would be a damsel no, that be a there'd be a, yeah. a, femme romantic. Fatale, a, a femme fatale or a damsel, damsel. that needs the yeah. saving. Some sort of, yeah, probably for the um, for Sykes era. character. Mm. Yeah, beach. Beach, beach, beach. <laughs> Harcourt tells Kipling to deal with the cops as... Strader just dragged into the sea. We don't actually see it, but, yeah. we, but we just hear it. And there's a really nice detail. I really like that when the tide comes in to their feet. So there's a shot of their of um of Harcourt and Kipling's feet, and as the tide's coming in, which is obviously dangerous to them, and uh, Kipling takes a step back like he's scared of it, and Harcourt just stands. That's there when he goes. You need the, to embrace, knowing that the 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 uh, the ocean will not dare come closer to him. Yeah. <laughs> And he says some line about you need to embrace what you fear or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to learn about what you fear. I was confused about this because it felt like Strader, Strider. Strader. He's the one going into the drink, right? Yes. Yeah. It felt like he was already in, involved in the drug-making plot, but he's he also was. the he, one No, that he goes, was. There's a line earlier that he had a change of heart. Uh-huh. So he's obviously agreed to something and was part of the whole conspiracy, right? And then has decided that he doesn't want anything to do with it and walked away. Right. They're also concerned that the cops are on the trail. He's a weak, straight as a weak link. Right. Because he's had a change of heart. Right. And so they're taking him out of the, equa- the, out of the equation. But Harcourt gives him one last chance to, to join him. Yeah. Because and if he joins him, then obviously he's not going to betray 
And so this is the only one that Kipling's giving a chance to. The others he's had taken out so he can own the the yeah. market. But he needs because he's the engineer, up, isn't he? No, straight as the the distributor. At oh, right. So that's a part of the operation you still need. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I'm. I was a little bit confused on. Everyone's, everyone's role. role. Yeah. yeah. They do lay it out later and we'll kind of, we'll go through it there. So, um, and here's where I'm going to talk about the makeup effects of this movie because, cool. because it's, um, it's really cool. So it has a really cool, um, uh, kind of provenance to it. So Stan Winston studios did the makeup for this movie, but Stan Winston was not hand, himself was not hands on. Stan Winston, Stan Winston of what fame? Stan, the guy that designed the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Oh but yeah. Man, Stan Winston okay. was a legend, was an absolute legend in the practical physical effects. The one that had that Europe. documentary made about him with um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, maybe where he, no, that's Phil Tippett. It's a different person. What are you doing to me here, man? Too many people. Okay. Uh, and I'm about to throw like five names, more, five, man. I'm about to throw like five more names at you. So <laughs> all right, all right. But Sam Wilson was a, was a legend. He has since he has since passed away, but he is responsible for the animatronic dinosaurs in Jurassic in Jurassic Park. Uh-huh, He's uh-huh. responsible for a lot of the Terminator Two animatronics that are in the the first the first two movies. He's cool. a legend. Like basically, all of the incredible creature design of the 90s and 90s was either done by Stan Winston or guys that came out of Stan Winston's studio. Which is what I'm about. To, which is what I'm about to talk about. So the effects uh, team for this movie, working for Stan Winston Studios, was Alex Gillis, Shane uh, Mahan. I uh, hope that's correct. I've never had to say his name out loud before. John Rosengrant, Tom Woodruff, and Shannon Shea. They would all eventually kind of spin off into into other companies. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them partnered together. There's a studio called Legacy Effects, which is what Stan Winston Studios turned into after Stan Winston died. But there's also ADI is another is another company. They're all kind of spread out, right? They, yeah, like I said, they're responsible for basically every iconic design for creatures in the 80s and 90s. How it's done in modern day, basically. Terminator, Terminator 2. They took over the Xenomorph design and the creation oh. of the uh, Alien Onwards uh, from, from Aliens Onward with Tom Woodruff being the guy in the Alien suit for oh. every movie from Aliens forward into the, into the AVP movies. Wow. They also designed The Predator. Mad. <laughs> they worked on Monster Squad, Tremors. John Rosengrant was part of the, uh, is the guy that took on the legacy of Stan Winston for all the Jurassic Park movies and its sequels. And wow. they are all still working today. These are all still dudes that are, that are, that are and, and a woman that are also still working today. Uh, That's cool. Kira, <laughs> um, do you know all these people as well? Because, like, I feel like I don't know any of these people. Do any of these names ring a bell to you? I knew about Winston. Okay. So and I'm not the, a massive idiot I not knowing that, all of these people. I knew people. that the people who did the Jurassic Park had gone on to do a bunch of other stuff. Okay. And start other companies. That makes but me feel I, better. I don't, didn't know, like, I don't know their names if they were randomly brought up in a different conversation. Because you guys but know. But in the context, yeah, because we've had this conversation before. Yeah, because yeah, you guys know I'm a bit of a philistine. Like, I never follow particular people's names or anything like that. I just know what I like and what I don't like really. It's for me, it's because I come at this stuff from the filmmaking perspective, right? So I follow filmmakers and then I follow people that have been part of the making of those movies. So the special effects, special effects, people, stunt people, composers, Anybody who's had a massive influence on the on the making of these movies are people that I'm interested in whose work that I appreciate and and like, right? So yeah, because sometimes I talk to you and I'm on. just like, should I know this stuff or is this king shit? It's it's <laughs> sort just of depends the way, on how your brain works as well. Like my, I'm bad at names. I think yeah, you're bad same. at names too. Yeah, he's not bad at names. Yeah. So speaking for very broadly for general populace, I think most general populace follow 
actors' names. They may know some directors' names when directors become yeah. big, right? Yeah. Like your your Christopher Nolans, your Spielbergs, your whoever, right? Yeah. They know names directors that become brands, Tarantino. Names yeah. that become brands, people know the name of. But most people don't know who the fuck directs anything. Yeah, right? no, yeah, no one really avatar. knows who does the creature features kind of shit. Exactly. Well, or any of that stuff. So so they know that it's a James people might know it's a James Khan movie, right? So they're interested because James Khan's in lots, yeah. of, lots of stuff. Or they know that, that you know, it's an alien movie and that's kind of cool. My interest is always from the back end. My always is interested in who wrote it, who directed it, who did the effects work for it, and what other movies did they, did they, did they work on? Because that's the stuff that I'm interested in. I'm interested in how the sausage is made, right? Yeah. I'm interested in how everything is put together because that's the perspective that I've always approached this. You are a very details-oriented person. For filmmaking, yeah, yeah. Because I love the magic trick, yeah. which is why- which is And see, I love seeing the magic- yeah. <laughs> We're almost the complete opposite. Well, I love the magic as well, but I like but I like the magic trick and I like knowing how the magic trick was put together because it's because it is magic. It's yeah. like it's it's literally a, a it's an illusion. It's a stage illusion yeah. in front of in front of in front of your eyes. Like Brian Brown in that stage effects like in, movie. Like in FX. FX. That's it. It's one of the reasons I love that I love that movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> I'm still trying to I'm still trying to hunt down a tape of that. Oh, we have to get it. Yeah, we have to Have we finished the intro of this movie? <laughs> We're, we are almost up to the second act. Oh my God. No, I think we're into the second act. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. At Encounters, which is basically, it's basically a, a strip club that features newcomer dancers, um, but seems to be uh, visited by both newcomers and, and humans. Um, well, it has human dancers as well. Yes, it does. Well, there's a hostess. We don't know if she's a, she's a dancer. No, there are yeah. dancers. There are? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there are dancers. I'm pretty sure. Oh, like, yeah. when they go backstage. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, On stage, uh, Cassandra is performing. Sykes and George watch her. Uh, it's kind of sexy. I definitely felt weird about it when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. It's she's elegant. Like, she's like unraveling. Herself. You don't even see anything. No. no. But it's just the, the suggestion. Looks like the actual <sighs> thing that she's unraveling is getting like wrapped around other things. Around the poles? Yeah, yeah which yeah. feels like it's a like a lot of work to make that choreography work that you're not going to end up tying yourself in knots. Hostess tells them that they need to talk to Cassandra because Strader's not there and she's, I guess, the second in charge. But they go and wait backstage. Uh, she laughs at Sykes' name, which yeah, is the only callback to, to yeah. him being called shithead. Um, and she gets changed as they talk and Sykes is clearly, like, having a perv on her as she's getting as she's getting changed. And I think that she knows that that's what's happening as well. Yeah. Everyone in the city, because, like, even um, well, our boy is like, okay, I'll leave. No. That's not why he's doing that. Ah. Sykes is making hand movements and faces at George the whole time. And then George does a stage whisper <laughs> to announce that he is leaving. Yeah. The reason he does that, because it's a weird bit of business. There's no payoff for that. Yeah. Other than... Sykes ends up alone with this woman, which yeah. is what it plays like, but yeah. that's not what it was meant to do. Oh. Originally, George goes and searches the other rooms to see if they can find anything shady happening in the place. Oh. And he gets into a fight with a character that was cut out of the movie. Oh. <laughs> that is Cassandra's boyfriend, who is then also later murdered. Okay. It's all right. cut out. Right. It's all cut out. Yeah. Okay, because it, it didn't read weird. So she, he was trying to make her know that he was leaving so that 
she didn't suspect that he was going through the other rooms. Yeah, yeah. That he was going to go back weird, into the club. Yeah, it's just a weird And that's why he's, business. and that's why Sykes is kind of trying to stall her almost. Yeah. At the very end of that scene. Yeah, because yeah. George is off doing stuff. That he's, yeah, right. So it plays completely differently when you know that piece of information. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of strange. It, yeah. The scene doesn't read too weird, but when Sykes read weird. When he initially the, did that stage whisper thing, I thought that he was, he thought that she wasn't going to talk in front of him or something, so he was going to pretend to leave but really still be there. Yeah, you which know, to you know the that kind of so like st- stomp, stomp, stomp thing that mm, yeah. people do to pretend that they've left the yeah. room, but really they're still standing there. That's kind of what I thought it was, but then he was actually gone, so then I was just confused. <laughs> yeah, but apparently they cut that scene. Yeah. yeah, so the movie was basically almost hacked to death in post production. Well, it, I don't it think works. it had to be eighty six minutes. Like, have a couple extra minutes. Like, yeah, who cares? Go a little longer. I think that they you can go ninety minutes. I think that they um, what they did was they stream streamlined the mystery aspect by taking out a character that doesn't really play doesn't really play into it is yeah. what I, the, also the way okay so that information comes from the internet and I couldn't find a proper source for, for what was actually cut out of it so it feel it all felt like there was also like confusingly written so I I'm not 100% on what actually was cut out but I honestly yeah. think in this case it works because if this movie was any longer and it had scenes that dragged I think I would have noticed but I, issues but, but more. Given the fact that the last act runs is is essentially like one chase and it runs yeah. half an hour, right? Yeah. What was taken out of it was story content. Maybe you take out some of the chase that's way too long later. Yeah. Yeah, and push yeah. it yeah. back in. Yeah, that yeah. makes more sense. The whole ocean bit. Uh, I'm fine with that. I just The end ocean bit. Okay, maybe I mean, it's a that. payoff for shit that happens yeah, earlier. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's it's just all the stuff that before it. It's the build. The fo- whole first 15 minutes of the final act are like a car chase and a build up to the to the end the end thing. And yeah. it doesn't need to run for that long. Yeah, yeah. they could do it faster. It yeah. doesn't add yeah. anything. It doesn't add anything whatsoever. Cassandra yeah. tells Sykes that she doesn't know where Strader is. He comes and goes, and then she hits on him and asks him if he's he asks him if he's a newcomer virgin. He isn't interested. Don't take it personally. I'm a bigot. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. That that would diffuse any sexual situation. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. I'm not attracted to you because I'm a bigot. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves, and then out back, he tells George that from now on, George handles the women. Yeah. There's also a little They're bit all of, attracted to me. There's also a little bit of business where, where he where he rezips himself back up because she unzipped him. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. She uh, went straight for him. Yeah. And then at Sykes's place, they have a, they have a drink together. Love this. Now this is meant to play. This is another thing. This is meant to play like they've just been in a fight together. They're getting a drink because they just went through a stressful fight experience. It still kind of does. It's fine. It's really good. But like. When you think about it in that context, they were meant to then yeah. have gotten into a. They were meant to. George was meant to get into a fight, and then there was a chase scene, and then I think that this is all speculation. But I think maybe this is where George maybe tries to shoot somebody and doesn't. Ah, oh. isn't able to hit him or misses him. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. But anyway, so this is meant to play like two dudes having a drink after they got into a brawl. You know what it plays like, though? It plays like two detectives who are frustrated on a case. Yeah. Which I don't hate. Yeah. George calls home and tells and tells his wife that he's going to be home late as Sykes pours a drink for himself. And then George asks him if he minds and pours himself some sour milk. How good. This whole this whole shenanigans of them having a drinking sesh, I really enjoy. It's yeah, good. it's a great scene. Your home is quite disordered. Yeah. <laughs> I half expected them in the, like in the morning his house to be all like clean and neat. Yeah, George would do that. George yeah, is tiny George, up for you. 
George would definitely tidy That's, up for you. Yeah. Well, if apparently he, if he gets he'd drunk inv- with you. If he'd invited, if Sykes had invited him to stay, then like to stay the night on the couch, then he, he would have been cooking in breakfast. He would have cleaned everything up and cooked when, in breakfast. When he leaves at the end of this scene, does he go? You better drive. You're too wasted to walk. Yeah, he yes. does say I that. So I could. Yeah. I didn't go back and yeah. check. So <laughs> we basically get a, like a uh, like a cut through time kind of sequence as they get drunker and drunker. So yeah, tipsy, they look at photos of each other's families. Uh, Sykes tells him about his daughter getting married and George tells him he should go. They get a little bit drunker. Sykes tells a joke that that George doesn't understand. I love this bit. It's It's so good. And then explains it to him and then he's just like so frustrated that George doesn't doesn't laugh. This is fucking James Cairn. Like Khan. Khan? Khan. 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 Um, This is James Khan fucking killing this scenery here. Like, he may have phoned in the rest of his shit. I don't think he phoned in the movie. I think he kept himself entertained. But I'm saying, saying, even if he did phone in the rest of this movie, this scene here, he's fucking playing it up. He does the little, like, cheek slap. Hey, hey, you you gotta work with me here. It's so good. It's so good. It is a great scene. They have a very brief talk about race relations and George's feelings about about the human race, about how humans invited them into their world but they don't live up to the ideals that they set for themselves. It was very deep. Very deep. Yeah, it's like basically the only attempt to have any kind of commentary on on race relations within the, within the movie. Don't you reckon the dialogue in this sequence, like these scenes of their drinking session, is just actually really, really good? I think that there's probably a, there's there's probably an amount of um of fucking around of improv in this section. Both Mandy Patinkin and James. But Carver. even the bits that are even the beats that are clearly scripted, it's it's done well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It feels yeah. casual. Yeah. yeah. George goes to go home and yeah, we get the line it's he better drive because he's too screwed up to walk. What a wild man. Um and they're starting to like each other. This is the part of the Buddy Cop movie where they 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 have a uh, an accord of mm. some of some description. Yeah. The next morning some human goons break into Sykes' car to plant a bomb so that they can kill him off. They've obviously been sent by Kipling. George sits up from the back seat because he only made it to the car. This I love is, I, yeah. kinda, I love this. There should have been more comedy beats so like he, this in the movie. So he's... Because it's Sykes' yeah, car. Yeah, Sykes's car, but he's sleeping in Sykes' car. They because they would drive each other's car. Because... Oh, because it's the cop car. Yeah. Because Sykes told him to take the car. Right. And he only made it as far as the car. The His human- wife's going to be worried because yeah. he just said he was going to be late, not that he wasn't yeah. home at all. Well, later there's a conversation where he's like, she's going to divorce me. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I love how proud he is of that. The human goons take over and George is too hungover to pull his gun in time. And then back inside, Sykes isn't much better off. There's a record that's just skipping. George knocks on the door, <laughs> comes in, hands him the bomb. And he hold this. And says, I'm so milked over. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, – look, this movie didn't need the extra comedy beats because I feel like it would have cheapened it. But there it's is true. a movie here where it's way more comedic. Yeah. At the precinct, a desk cop tells Sykes that they found Strader dead at the beach and George is apprehensive about going to the beach. Yeah, after gloating about his progressive wife that's going to leave him. Yes, there is, that's <laughs> yeah. where the divorce conversation happens. On the way down to the beach – oh, also, the, we I skipped over it. Um, we find out that – we find out that – um. <laughs> That George's son is named after Richard Nixon. Oh yeah, <laughs> just nice. And he tells him that who's, he shouldn't who's tell the people. Actor? That. Doesn't he say? Sh- yeah, he says you should. You sh- 
just oh, so Rich, you, Richard yeah. Burton. Yeah, Richard, you that, uh, Richard, Richard Burton, Burton was married to Elizabeth Taylor, who was a big movie star in the sixties and seventies. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, it's just a, it's just an older reference. That's okay, all. Uh, on the way down to the beach, George has a panic attack, basically getting so close to the ocean, and Sykes lets him out at the top of the hill and heads down. The only thing holding Strader together is his clothes. Sykes talks to Fedorchuk and Altiras about their case and they don't have anything. They're actually behind. They tell him, they tell Sykes information that Sykes already has talked to the person that they're talking, they're saying they're going to try to find, which yeah. is Porter. Yeah. And so they don't really have shit. Do um, we, do we get the vibe in this scene that all the kind of cops don't give a fuck about a slack that's washed up on the beach? Cause it, yes, yeah, that's exactly how it's, how it's played. It feels the, like, yeah, it feels like all the cops, not just the detectives, like don't really give much of a fuck. No, nobody really really cares. And also that Sykes is kind of an outsider now because he's partnered with, with George. They've graffitied his That's car. right. E.T. E.T. E.T.P.D. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And Sykes stands up for George. You know, he might be a racist, but he's got a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's might, coming around. He's yeah. coming around. And then he smashes Fedorchuk's nose against the steering That's wheel right. and throws his keys into <laughs> no, the ocean. No, yeah. how good How good is the bit where he walks in and goes, you're a real detective, aren't you, Fedorchuk? And he sits there, Fedorchuk sits there and goes, like a real dopey smile. And he's like, mm, yeah, I am. So proud of himself. Smack straight in the steering wheel. <laughs> that was perfect. Um, at the morgue? They want the results on Strader, but he's still being processed, so they're, they're not ready yet. And George gets the results of the test he asked about from the new- newcomer to run on Anderson. He tells Sykes it's nothing. Sykes challenges him. Uh, Sykes eventually corners him in an elevator and stops the elevator and confronts him about what the fuck is going on. The drug is called Jabroka. It's used to control the newcomers when they worked in the mines off-world. What's interesting about this, right, is it's a bit of world It's a bit of world building. We finally get the name yeah, of it. Yeah, I love it. But what's really interesting is... Who are their slave masters? I've been wondering that the whole movie because I thought there was going to be some little mention or like little sprinkling of like these great slave masters that they have that are like this really advanced another, race. Another race, yeah. Yeah, because we're introduced to the idea that these guys are slaves from the very beginning, so you would think that it would play a bigger exactly. role. Exactly. Yeah, so did they – and we never really get the context for the, the – that they did they escape? Is this a ship that was on the on the run? Like we never really get much much more than that. It feels like the type of thing where if there had been a theatrical sequel or even a straight to VHS mm. sequel that they would have expanded on. And I don't know if the TV show ever does. So I'm interested. Yeah, in, that's in, actually cool. if that's a thread if that, that was the TV in show picked up, the TV show picked up or not. If they do make a new version, yeah, they will they have probably to. do. They probably will dive further into. Yeah, that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. It was the only pleasure that they were allowed when is they it, worked in the mines. Not to get too hard on the parallel, but is it crack? The harder you work, the more you got. The more you got, the harder you worked. It's their secret shame. It threatens the, their existence there. It's their space crack. Space crack. <laughs> it fully is, and it's the right time period to like be a allegory about the fucking crack epidemic, yeah. like Pepsi. Be young, have fun, drink Pepsi. <laughs> they, well, they couldn't well advertise Coke in this movie. <laughs> Kira just closed her eyes like she was just hoping the podcast would slip away into a dream. <laughs> There's some times where I say things where I feel like that. <laughs> yes, I found a website that had uh, slogans of Pepsi throughout time. And yes, I tried to put as many as, oh as I could into that. Oh, my God. Book. How many layers? This is why it takes you so long to do your homework yes. for the podcast because you spend time looking up. Pepsi slogans. <laughs> that took like five seconds. That didn't take long. They go run a computer check on the names that they've collected and start putting the pieces together. 
Hubley, Strader, Porter, and Harcourt were all in quarantine together. And we get the breakdown of who did what. Yeah, I love this. Porter created the formula. Hubley was in charge of the manufacturing at the in the methane facility. Strader was the distribution through encounters. And Harcourt was kind of the boss and wiped them all out to take over. I actually think it's a bit easy. They've had these names since the end of the first act. And then suddenly they run them through a computer and put the and put the pieces pieces together. Yeah, it's a bit. No, like, but they ran it. They checked them against. I mean, I know, I know, but they they checked their quarantine location, which yeah. I assume would be different to which like the police. I guess that they're database. putting the pieces together, but like in terms of like solving a mystery, they 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 fucking googled these people. Yeah, like, much. like yeah. right, and I, I just feel like it's for me. This is where the movie starts to run out of ideas. They're trying to make a mystery, right? Yeah. And what you need is the moment of re- revelation. You need the sec- the part where they put all the pieces t- pieces together and they go, oh, this is what's happening. That's what happens in like Lethal Weapon. It happens in Yeah, it happens I in didn't every feel that was things. this moment though. This is. This is the only explanation. From here on out, we are in action. This is the end of the second act. From here on out, we are into the last half hour of the movie and the last half hour of the movie is just basically one big action, big action sequence. Ultimately, it doesn't take away from take away from the movie. I had a good time with the movie. Mm. I enjoyed the movie. But looking at the movie, movie movie critically and from a writing perspective, I mm. feel like this is a pretty cheap and easy way to, to put all your put all your evidence together. I feel like there could have been a much more interesting way for this for this to happen, other than they decide to put all the names into a fucking computer and the computer gives them the answer. I have to agree with you that the moment isn't what it should be, but I do like the idea of them finding each other in quarantine and no one gives a fuck about quarantine. You're fucking worthless in there until you come out. That's kind of the vibe I got. So it's almost like this secret to everyone except the people involved. I'm fine with that. I'm just fine. I'm just not, it's the delivery mechanism for how that is revealed. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the story is is fine. I think the way that story is executed is not, is not. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like something even George could have earlier in like much earlier in the piece gone, well, let's see if they were in quarantine together. Like it's something that he would have. He bumped, should have. He almost. could have bumped on way earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Even if there was just a line that was like, oh, should we check where they were in quarantine? And yeah. he's like, oh, that's going to take so long. We can't do that. And then like they start checking now, but it doesn't, the information doesn't come until later or something. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to the chemical plant. Which, by the way, is the Anheuser-Busch Brewery in Van Nuys, which was also used as the engineering decks in the 2009 Star Trek movie. Same place. Ah, Fascinating. Why do I know that? George is a newcomer on a mission to destroy the drug. They chase the manager into the methane area, and there is no methane. It is a drug lab. And the drug is all gone, but the equipment is there. George does find a couple of drops and then just goes fucking nuts and smashes everything. Eventually, George chokes the manager and threatens to crush his lungs. And Sykes plays a kind of good cop. I can't yeah. control him. I saw him pull out a man's spine and show it to him. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the human cop against a much powerful alien yeah. cop. I feel like this should have been a personal motivation, not a cultural motivation for... It destroyed his people. Yeah, I get Probably that. I get that. Pro- yes. Yeah, he actually has yeah. a line about how many of many people that he was close to died because of the drug. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like we could have got a flashback or anything. I think that would cheapen it. Yeah, but I just feel like Why there should have been something that drove him. We could have done blue, again, again. We could have I, done blue vial of doom. Just blue vial of doom. Blue di- um, vial just f- dropping slowly in slow oh, motion. Yeah, like motion. ice cream of doom. Yeah, um, you got that. Yeah, and my brain works slow. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you reckon that would have cheapened it or made it? Because, like, the cultural drive was strong I from a few different people. He's trying to protect his his people. I think it's pretty it's clear. Like, yeah. 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 I think it's strong. Especially I considering think that part that, is strong enough. Considering the end of the the end of the movie. Yeah. Which, and you are right. That part is strong enough. I feel like maybe it would have been, no? Do you reckon it could have been stronger if there was a personal motivator? I think- there was a personal motivator. It's his, yeah. it's his people, it's his friends, it's his You know story what I mean, though? Like, like an like a individual story, an individual motivator. As in, like, motivator. his brother Do you reckon as filmmakers that would make it stronger? I don't think it would make it any stronger. And not in a genre no. movie like this. I think it's fine. I don't okay. think you need more than that. They took the drug to Encounters. At Encounters, Harcourt arrives for a meeting and is kind of creepy with Cassandra. And Sykes tries to tell George to see reason that they need the drug as evidence. They have to follow procedure. Fuck procedure. <laughs> And he drives away and then he sings to himself. Yeah. I love that the uh, Renick. Oh, wait, what does he sing again? Uh, like something. I don't know this. We'll cut it. In. George Francisco, open your golden gate, open your gate and let me in. I love that. Yeah. And then Sykes steals a car to follow because George went off without him. I, yeah, love I like the, the role reversal. It's, yes. it's a nice time. Yeah, it's a good time. The, the renegade cop is partnered with the by the book alien and then the by the book alien turns into the renegade cop and he's like, what are you doing? Play yeah. by the rules. Yeah. Great, great. Do we see that in any other buddy cop, rogue cop movie? Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Where the where we the good cop the, becomes the bad cop. Well, the, we always see the good cop break end up breaking the rule he'll never yeah. break. Yeah. But it's never like at odds with, like they never do a role reversal, do they? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure that. Everything's happened. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Nothing is original. No. <gasps> Wait. Wait. What? Alienation. Is this like a pun on alienation? Like being alienated? Oh, alienation. <laughs> you, you've kept the gap in, so you just said the same thing <laughs> I twice. I said it wrong. <laughs> you said alienation. Alienation. <laughs> Oh, Alienation. fuck, I'm crying. Yes. Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> also, not its original title. <laughs> it had it other titles. Title? Uh, it was the title that was released with was Alienation, but it had other titles. I don't know. I forgot to write them down. It wasn't that interesting. Sorry, continue. Oh, Outer Heat. <laughs> Are you serious no. about that? Yeah. Well, because one of the inspirations for this movie was In the Heat, heat? Of, the, in the heat of the Night oh. and The Outer Limits. So it was Outer Heat. Oh, my God. Which is a bad title. Harcourt shows off his wares to a group of newcomers and human scumbags who he wants to deal for him. And we learned that the drug has no effect on humans. I wish it did. I wish, like, they <laughs> had because you want to do that drug. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to kill him. I thought it was like... Yeah. Uh, like, he took it and... no, uh, Oh, someone should have stopped him from doing that. Well, yeah. like, but the, it, the, apparently it's just like detergent. Well, the point is that it's only dangerous to newcomers. Yeah, right? yeah, which is why it's not illegal and they're not doing anything illegal, which I love. Yeah. Mm. George grabs Cassandra and bursts in with the car bomb. At that point, Harcourt points out that... There's, they're not doing anything illegal, but George tells him he has him on murder. Hearing and conspiracy. The, and conspiracy. Hearing that Harcourt killed Strader, Cassandra grabs a gun and then tries to kill Harcourt. George stops her, but that gives the goons time to get to George. I feel like there's scenes before this where they decide to get the bomb because I feel like that's a bigger leap than the oh, scene Maybe before. they were just carrying it around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Harcourt 
gives... You never know when a bomb will come in handy. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> um, Harcourt gives the order for them to be killed and bails with Kipling, but Sykes arrives with his hand cannon just in time to start blasting away and a gunfight ensues. Um, Harcourt and Kipling kill a cop that's responding to the shots and steal, and steal his car. Sykes gets to use his newcomer nerve attack technique. Mm which is a nice little nice little payoff. And then we get into a car chase that goes on for way too long. It seemed like a pr- – it was a, not a bad car chase though. It's not a it's, – there are moments that are okay, but it's yeah. not very interesting. Yeah, I've I agree. much more interesting car chases. There's a couple of kind of – I'm not going to go blow for blow because nah, – Jesus Christ. But I don't think it's worth it because even the things that are interesting, they're done at a pace that make them less interesting. Well, I'm going to talk about some specific things. So okay. Sykes does pull alongside them and point his hand cannon at him, but they get split up by a bridge. Mm. And under the bridge, there's actually a couple of nice pieces of stunt driving. There's like the car swerves and then kind of comes towards camera and then comes past. It's yep, like yep. one shot that's like just, I was like, oh, that's a really good shot. Like the precision in the sh- in the, yeah. like the stunt driver and the camera. Because they would have been really following with the camera. And then Kipling thinks that they've lost them, but they jump. Yeah, and get air and they land. Blues brothers jump out. Them. Yeah, even in the gloom of the VHS, you can see the ramp that they jump off. Yep. Ah, oh, fuck! You I saw the it. ramp. Yep. Yeah, cool. They end up in the Second Street Tunnel, which is an iconic tunnel in LA. Um, Was because John Wick of, filmed there? No, I've yet. I mean, <laughs> I know. I haven't even got to that. This is part of the podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> it's iconic. In movies, because it has these white tiles that reflect and distort light in a really interesting way, so filmmakers love it. And it is cool. used in Blade Runner. Deckard's car runs, spinner runs through that tunnel in Blade Runner. Uh huh. THX eleven thirty eight, The Driver, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Flashdance, The Terminator, Fuck. Repo Man, Rocky Four, Lethal Weapon Two, Sneakers, Demolition Man, Con Air, Gattaca, Enemy of the State, Whoa. Independence Day, Independence Day, and Kill Bill all use the Whoa. second street tunnel because it's so also everything but John Wick. Yeah, everything <laughs> but John. Well, John Wick has never been to LA. Hectic. Apparently, like that's awesome. Two or three car ads are shot in that tunnel a month. And yes, I recognize it from sight. The chase continues to the harbour. recognized it from sight. I know that tunnel. You're wild, man. I know where that tunnel is. I know where that where a version of that tunnel is in is in GTA. <laughs> oh, fucking settle down. I know where that fucking tunnel is. Settle the fuck down, Ken. Yeah, the chase continues through the tunnel and they cause a pileup. And Kipling and Harcourt end up at the harbour. At the end of a Pier, they turn around and play chicken with Sykes and George. Yeah. And then they just crash. Yeah, I love this. I fucking love this. Nobody nobody turns. No one does this ever. It's normally like, oh, the hero actually has the like heart. So he's the one who's not going to turn. Or the bad guy turns at the last second and crashes into something that kills him. Yeah. Yeah. Or the hero doesn't want to kill them. So they turn and and there's always a reason to turn. Never just to go head in head to each other. I love that. Mm. But also they would be dead. (laughs) <laughs> well, seatbelt. Yeah. Harcourt gets out and walks away with the drugs and Sykes pulls George out of the car to make sure that he's okay. And then he goes after Harcourt. Kipling starts to wake up and then the car just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think there was some beats where like he crawled out. Originally, he survived oh. and got into a fight with George who kills him. Oh. Yeah. And it was cut out. I thought that. Huh. I thought that. That's yep. different. Sykes corners 
Harcourt who drinks a venti sized dose of the drug <laughs> and then just and then just dies. I love this. He, I was trying to work another Pepsi gag in here, but I couldn't figure out a way to do it. So Starbucks, why not? Yeah. This is cool. All right. So this is, I think, Terrence Stamp being a fucking baller. Right. So he not only like is filling his mouth with this thing that he's just gonna overdose with, and it's clear at this point that he's overdosing on the drug. That's what it feels like. He's not powering up, he's overdosing, and he's just going to end his life because yeah. he's at the end. It's pretty gross. But the part where he, like, leans back and starts pouring it into his nostrils and everything like that just to fully soak it in as yep. much as he can, into the eyes, everything, and then drops. I was like, that was anticlimactic but also a strong finish. Yeah, because the movie plays it like it's over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do get a horror movie villain one last grab jump scare kind of thing. Yeah. But the movie plays like it's like it's over. You but got, I when you also wouldn't have hated this finish because it's it kind of goes with the tone where it's not exactly a buddy cop, but it's also like got some morals to it. But then you would probably need, you would probably still need like some scenes that wrap things up in yeah. an interesting way. Yeah. And mm. we don't get that. It's a fake out, right? Yeah. It's a fake out for the ending. In the aftermath, there's cops everywhere. It seems like it's over. George remembers a joke. He can tell Sykes. His son told him. Yeah, I missed this. Which one was it? Why did the chicken cross the road? Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> the gag is that there's a big build up. I remembered a joke. Well, no, I don't want to tell it. My, my son told me it. Stop me if you've heard it before. Yeah. Why did the chicken cross the yeah, road? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Just, I just remembered a, a joke that my son told me. Yeah. So? I, I, I better not tell it now. I... I, I I never, I don't tell jokes well. <laughs> Probably, yeah, but they're going to tell something. If, if, I, if, I, if I begin to tell it and you know the joke, please say that. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> I know it. I know it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's a funny joke. And it's just them kind of fucking around. George asks Sykes if he'll be requesting a new partner now that Kipling and Harcourt have been taken down. Mm. Uh, he will, but it's but it's for George's own good. He'll be better off with a partner who's by the book. And George kind of like grudgingly kind of accepts that. There's no kind of sadness from George. Mm. He's kind of like, well, yeah, that feels like what you were going to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. A red shirt plain clothes officer rolls up to take yeah. him to the station. They're waiting on Sykes to make his statement about the shooting. But there was no shooting. He was OD. This is a little clumsy. And then we get a dramatic push in on George because it's not over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it becomes a little bit. See, this is why I was saying the OD would have been a good kind of sol- solemn ending where this, it turns into Men in Black for for a little bit. You know what I mean? Turns yeah. into Men in Black? Because they start doing like the night alien chase scene with the two cops, you know? Never seen it. Um, Are you kidding? No, never seen. You've it. never seen any I've Men never, in Black. I've never. I no. I saw the third one in the cinema, and it was a horrific experience. It was. It yeah. was a horrific experience if you watched it at home. I was the wrong age for Men in Black. Men in Black seemed a little too mm, silly mm. for me when I was the age when it came out. I don't like Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. Yep. Not a personal fan. or on screen. I just don't like him. I just there's nothing about him that I. Oh, find I love it, him. I he's like the charismatic old man for me. In, I don't think he's chari- charismatic. I think he's kind of gruff. And annoying all the time. I just don't like him. What about so, in that cop movie where he's like even hunting? In no Country for Old Men? No, no, no. 
the nineties one. Where the, never seen it. The Fugitive. Never yeah. Seen, never seen it. Oh US man. Marshals, never never seen it. Man. Just not a Tommy Lee Jones guy. Right? Okay. That's an interesting like gap Will, that you have. Yeah, I do like Will Smith, and I love Ed Solomon, who wrote the Men in Black movies. He's one of the writers of of Bill and Ted. Yeah. Right. But I never felt the urge to see that movie. Many many years passed. I worked in a video store. It was played a lot on the screen. So I yeah, feel like I've seen enough shame. of it that I know that I wouldn't like it. The original Men in Black was had a vibe to it at the start. So it's and just it was not, really so great. It's just not my th- so it's just not my thing. I still don't understand what you mean by this part of the movie being similar to Men in Black. Uh, the, and it the, was like two a, cops chasing an alien. Yeah, and there's oh, like an alien it? out that's in the loose all, kind of that's thing. All, that's all he means. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it just it 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 felt the rest of the movie felt a little bit more cerebral or elevated. I don't know exactly what the vibe is that I'm kind of trying to reach, but this last little half an hour, last little 15 minutes, the vibe changed into more of a monster f- movie. Yeah, I think they're out of ideas. It's yeah. The same thing. I mean, I'm repeating myself through the whole podcast, but that's because that's what it is. I think, yeah. that, I think the last act of this movie just doesn't have anything new to add, and so it just falls into action movie cliche. Yeah. In the meat wagon, Harcourt rises. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's just a funny phrase. I know. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny person, Key, and that's what our laughs are saying. He just wants the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I got what I wanted. Uh, Sykes, George, and the red shirt find the wreckage of the coroner van. <laughs> um, yeah, the red and shirt. The, and the gutted bodies. Yeah, I'm just going to call him that because he doesn't get named. That's exactly so, what he is. Importantly, when they find the gutted bodies of the coroner and some other yeah. cop, the red shirt calls in for air support. George then explains that Harcourt didn't die. He incubated into Super Shredder. <laughs> yes! They carefully, it's just a reference for the kids. Uh, they carefully head down the street. George doesn't want humans to see what they can become. They have to kill him and then hide yeah. what's happening. Um, they, see, men in black. <laughs> yeah, they spot him and the red shirt takes off in the car and just dies. We don't even see it on screen. He's just yeah. dead. I did like the bit. Maybe I'm making this up, but I did like the bit where the red shirt was rolling in the car and the other two were yeah, on the street. Yeah, that was so they're, cool. they're they're going slow. They're trying to canvas yeah. to try to find, to try to find him. They end up at a shipyard where George grabs a shotgun and again they split up to look for Harcourt so they can do some horror movie bullshit. Right? So again, this feels jumbled because they started at a shipyard. Well, they started a pier and then they went around a corner and ended up at a, ship, yeah, at a shipyard, yeah. yeah, warehouse slash shipyard. Harcourt finds Sykes. And Sykes unloads his cannon into Super Harcourt, but it does nothing. By the way, from the second the transformation happens, Terrence Stamp is no longer in this movie. Oh. He didn't want to do the full. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he goes today. He didn't want to do the full body, more complicated makeup. So it's just a double for the rest of the movie. Harcourt throws Sykes around and then he runs down to the dock. Um, with Harcourt chasing him, and Sykes runs into a jumps into a fishing boat. Harcourt jumps on as well. It feels like it's obviously he's trying to trap trap him. And George flags down the chopper that's just arrived on the scene. On the boat, Harcourt keeps following Sykes into a dinghy that's being dragged behind the fishing boat, and Sykes just tackles him into the water. George yells at the helicopter pilot to take them down. In the water, Super Harcourt melts and tries to take. Sykes with him. It's pretty gnarly. The meltdown is pretty gnarly. Apparently, this section was shot in a, shot in a pool so they could control it. So even though it yeah, looks like okay. they're in a harbor, they're in a like a, a 
a giant swimming. Yeah, giant swimming. you can tell actually. Yeah, makes sense. Um, George borrows a scarf from the pilot, gets out on the skid. Eventually, Sykes goes under and disappears. So George puts his hand into the ocean, screaming the whole time as salt water melts his melts his skin, and pulls. Sykes out of the water and into the and into the helicopter. Because he's a good friend and a nice person. Yeah. And he sacrifices his hand for his friend. What I yeah. love. He's adorable. There's two beats out of this that I love. There's the mention from Sykes earlier. How would you how brave would you feel if you were standing next to an ocean of hydrochloric yeah. acid? Mm-hmm. Which is like the only parallel we get to what the ocean and salt water is to them. Yeah. And that's why we can actually feel how visceral this moment is. The scream yeah. is what yeah. does it. Like the yeah. scream is like Mandy Patinkin sells that scream. For sure. But we don't like, unless we had a concept to understand what that pain would be like. Yeah. That's why I think it works so yeah. well. And also I love that they both now have boo-boos on their hands. <laughs> Inside the helicopter, the pilot goes, what was up with that newcomer? He looked weird. Yeah. And Sykes covers for the newcomer By being with his races. Yeah. yeah. But for good. Yeah. <laughs> for good. They he cover up the super shredder Harcourt drug yeah. overdose nonsense. By racism for good. Yeah. Then the wedding. Oh, yeah. So obviously sometime later, uh, well, that, that weekend, because fuck, this uh-huh. movie takes place over the course of a week. Yeah. It, it yeah. takes place over the course of like three a days. Like a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. you don't realise So it, yeah. George is helping Sykes uh, with his tie because Sykes now has gone to his daughter's wedding and brought his partner with him. Yeah, and his partner's wife. And then he, apolog- <laughs> he apologises to George for all the horrible things he's going to do and say to him over the years because yeah, now like they're going to be partners forever. And then George says it's okay because he's only human. And then, for the love of fucking God, what the fuck is with the happy ending voiceover? Oh, my God. Both of you. The movie, (laughs) as they're walking down the aisle, it cuts to, like, James Caan basically going, yeah, he's my partner and it's all real weird, but he's an okay guy. I fucking tune that out. I like, there's a happy... No, it literally goes to voiceover. Well, my daughter's got a husband. I got a partner. You know, he really ain't half bad. Except when he's got that rotten milk on his breath. I think I just tune like I honestly. I'd forgotten about it, but I had heard it because I now remember the the rotten milk on his breath. Yeah. Line. I don't even recall that. I think <laughs> although this movie was better than it, like in honestly, way better than it actually had any right to be. I I was done and tuned out by that point. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I saw the Star Wars medal ceremony. I was like, okay, movie's done. (laughs) And then we roll credits. The credit song is a little on the nose. You probably, neither of you probably listened to the credit song. Not a clue. It's about two hearts beating as one. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Mariah Carey? No. (laughs) Trailers after the movie. (gasps) Yes, I forgot about this. We get a second trailer for Worker Girl that explains the plot more. Once upon a time, there was a struggling secretary from Staten Island. There is no paper in this stall. Get me some. Who had a boss from hell. I'd love to help you, but we can't busy the quarterback with passing out the Gatorade. She was after a charming bachelor. Big Jack, come out to play. Little Jack really has to get home. Little Katie's been so lonely. But he had his eye on someone else. What did happen exactly? The earth moved. The angels wept. Little. And that's where our story begins. Thank 
God I'm here. Catherine, what are... This woman is my secretary. You're not her secretary. You're like one of those crazed cops, aren't you? The kind nobody wants to ride with. His partners all end up dead or crazy. 20th Century Fox presents... Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, Melanie Griffith, in a new film directed by Mike Nichols. You know, maybe I just don't like you. Me? Nah. <laughs> Working Girl. So like, just in case it didn't like appeal to I you the first was. time, here's another trailer, just in case. They're trying to sell that one hard. Yeah. The Newly Deads. yesterday was a spirit and spirits come back for two reasons to revenge or to protect what happened she killed my husband oh no jeez we're gonna destroy her fucking list no i'd never heard of this movie this is great oh, no that looked horrendous no yeah but it in looked, a good way no, it looked like fucking amateur hour it looked like it don't looked you like love a, that kind of shit though man <laughs> that looks like a whole bucket of fun it's i think it's it's not a trauma movie but it was released by trauma oh so it is in the realm of of yeah. just making a movie incompetently for fun owner of a lakeside resort and it's one of those movies where like everyone gets an interesting funny death i want to see that well, I think every good death is in that trailer. Yeah, I think you've seen. Right. I think you've seen everything <laughs> that they that is in the movie. You are very right. So the the plot synopsis, according to Wikipedia, the owner of a lakeside resort murders a transvestite. Fifteen years later, the drag queen spirit comes back and starts killing honeymoon couples. How do you not want to see that? Yeah, no, it didn't look. That did not look appealing to me. Oh my god, it, the concept alone reels me in. No, uh, the chair. Doc, uh, you got a lot of experience with uh, mental problems. Say somebody sees something, only he knows it ain't there. You mean a visual hallucination? Yeah, I'm saying that he sees something that looks real. <laughs> only he knows it can't be. Why is someone you know experiencing such a phenomenon? I'm just asking, Doc. <laughs> this kind of thing, is it serious? No, 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 no. This person possibly be you? They put the rats in the mazes, and then they zap them with electricity till they're totally messed up in their heads. He came to look at the wiring, and, um... Oh, God. What is it? It's hideous. What is it? The chair. 
Have you seen it? If there is a ghost here, it changes everything, doesn't it? Don't go psycho on me, Eddie. Haunted chair? Yeah. It's, so it's is about the a... chair haunted? Well, the prison is haunted by somebody who was killed in the chair. I'd be more interested if it the was, chair was haunted, but okay. Yeah. It so was bizarre. Psychologist, a psychiatrist, and a prison warden go to a long-closed prison, unaware that a ghost of an electrocuted convict haunts it. I feel like the scene where the convict got electrocuted, how it opens on the trailer... That would be the good part to watch. And then everything that follows for the rest of the 90 minutes would just be subpar. Got Trini Averado from The Frighteners in it. The um, I'm the light bulb thing was the thing that did it to me. I was like, this is lame. Yeah, it feels like it's probably, a, it looked like a horror comedy as well. It looked like it was a little silly. Was it a comedy, was it? There was some comedy element. I think it's like a dark comedy. I think it's like a dryly dark uh, comedy because there was some comedy elements in it as well. Yeah. I think it's very arch, very gothic horror, but also uh, with a sense yeah. of humour. It sounds like the lead up to a joke. A yeah. psychiatrist, a psychologist, and a warden going to a into warden. A prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, party line. Hey, baby. These lips have been to places that aren't even on the map. Explorer, I want to meet you. You're wild, aren't you? I like that. Who are you, people? Well, you got the party line, sweetheart. 976. 976. It's all over the place. Party line. It's the new way to get together. Some call for a fun time. I'm here, baby. Some call for a hot time. You name it, I like it. Some call for the last time. I swear to God. I had no idea that she was married. You didn't say you were married. Say you're sorry. Party line. Some talk. Some listen. Some die. Yep. Oh, yeah. Is this on the list? No. Damn. Uh, it's a slasher. Another slasher. It's a slasher movie where two killer siblings lure married men from a party line into their den to be murdered. Oh, doesn't that sound fun? Yeah, but also it looked cheap and looked cheap and nasty. And I've seen enough cheap and nasty slashes that could last me last me a lifetime. And there are ones that I like that I want to talk about in the podcast. Yeah, so, okay. So that so that I wouldn't we haven't want- had a slasher yet. No, just, we haven't like, had a slasher yet. Just because we're not doing it on the podcast, that means that you can go. It means find that you can watch it if you want to go watch these. Movies. And then you can yeah. be like, guys, that movie was really great, and I'll be like, shut up, Brody. Yeah, <laughs> party lines. This is movie is so tied to a specific time that if somebody born after the year 2000, Brody, do you know what a party line is? I don't know what you're talking about, Ken. You don't know what a party line Did you have to look up what a party line is? <laughs> Ken. Ken. No, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't he know what a party line is. I think he thinks he knows what you're talking about. <laughs> I assume he, I know what party right lines are. What's a party line? Is it cocaine? No. No? What? No. Oh, you mean an actual party line? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a there was a double entendre being. There's played. no double entendre. Oh, you mean like phone call, land, landline phone calls? Yeah, but a party line where everyone's on. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So party lines were basically. <laughs> I drew, I drew that out chat, so much longer than I needed rooms to. Chat on a phone. Yeah, it's like a chat room on a phone. Everybody calls into one number, and you can all talk talk to each yeah. other. It's also called a loop telephone system. Buster. Phil Collins is Buster, a family man, a dreamer. 
a thief. Well, I do borrow from banks. I mean, that is my job. I mean, with their permission. Whatever he does, it's not necessarily legal. It's Christmas time! It's most likely dangerous. Going into training, it's going to be like the Olympics. And it's always for love. He's on about this dream all the time. About how we're going to be rich and be able to afford anything we want. He's telling me he's doing it all for me. Ain't no one going to touch us now, Mum. We've got it made. That's what we worked all them years for. It's a good life. I'm married, Mum. And I love him. Why, Buster? Because she's my wife. And I love her. My hero. he does, you've got to be mad. Oh, it'll be all right. Trust me, I'll work it out. And madly in love. <laughs> Phil Collins. Julie Walters. Now remember, that whatever happens, I love you. That's the only thing that matters. Buster. A love story that'll steal your heart. Crime caper movie starring Which Phil is Collins. Is it Phil Collins? Oh, is it yeah. Collins? <laughs> uh, this a, looked so bad. He's a bank robber with a heart of gold. This was a big hit. <laughs> was this it? Is a movie, this is a movie that I remember being big with my with my parents. The song that Phil Collins does that in the movie that's from the soundtrack yeah. of the movie was a, was a hit. It's one of those movies that, it, that feels so old-fashioned. But at the time was like a comfort movie that everybody loved and ta- loved and talked but about. But it doesn't only just feel old fashioned; it feels like an old fashioned D movie. <laughs> it's not, but it's not. It's just a rom com from that t- from that era. Wild. It's a have hit, you seen it? hit movie from time. I think I have, but I don't remember. If I did, I didn't watch it of my own volition. My parents watched it, and I was in the room, and <laughs> right. I, I remember the, and also remember the trailer and the song. The song was a big, the song was a big hit. Right. So I remember Phil Collins being a big deal. Also, I know nothing about Phil Collins besides the name Phil Collins. Genesis. Yeah, I, I, that means nothing in, to me. In the air tonight. That means nothing to me. The, I mean, I know that song. Every week at some point during the podcast, I go, <laughs> "This is it. This is the one that ruins us. <laughs> this is it. This is the one that ruins." <laughs> oh my god! An appropriate age to have seen Alien Nation. Twelve, even younger, because the allegory is important. It is. It is not. It is M fifteen <laughs> in Australia, which is essentially like PG thirteen. I don't think it's inappropriate for kids to see it. Like, and there's nothing in it that's like inappropriate. Like, oh, you should drugs. hide this movie from children. Yeah, but the drugs aren't portrayed as a good thing. Yeah, and they're not real drugs, I suppose. Yeah, it's kids are going to eat glue whether they watch this movie or not. <laughs> it's space crack. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the space crack I of the new generation. Yeah. So I don't think that it's inappropriate, but I don't think that kids, it's not a kids movie. I don't think kids are going to get into a body cop movie that's... I don't know. I think, I think tweens and young teens are... There are other things for the, that they'd be more interested in watching. Like, I guess if you force them to watch the it time, and then ask them, they liked it. I don't think it's a kid's movie. Like, it's not a kid's movie. So, no, yeah, it's not inappropriate right. for them to watch. But I don't think that the majority of children would be, like, dying to watch this buddy cop movie. I 14, like- 14, 15 for, like, would you go to the video store and go, this is the movie I want to watch? No. But... Younger if we're just talking about how old can you be before it's inappropriate. I was eight when I saw this movie. Yeah, I think that's fine. 
Yeah, like I said, it's not inappropriate. Yeah, it's just it's, Kane's it's, weird. Yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> and did you like it? it? It stuck with me. Yeah, it's a it's a movie that I definitely saw a few few times. It's a movie yeah, that was, it's a movie that was memorable to me because of the ideas. Because yeah. I think the ideas are great in this movie. Think, Fucking think earth, it brings your ideas. imagination alive around this movie. Yeah. I feel, I feel like although the source material is a little dry, it's a cop drama. I think the ideas elevate it into something that really grabs your interest. Mm-hmm. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see the updated version because I'm like, yeah, I want to see it done better. I would, and I will. Mm. Yeah. A rating for this movie, the way that we rate movies, is on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being this movie was fine, I liked parts of it, three being I liked this movie, four being I loved this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is tough for me. Three. 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 Cold three. Just a three. I liked this movie. You're not going to get into the weeds about anything, how it levels up against other movies. You're just going to give it a cold three. That's it. I liked it. Move on. I think it's a three. <laughs> I think I liked it. Sometimes, uh, sometimes so I... So decisive. I have problems with people being so decisive. I think it's a, a it's like a straight up three as opposed to like sometimes I give things a three, but it's like a low three because it's sort mm. of, I don't know if I actually liked it, but I think I liked it enough that I'd give it a three. And then sometimes it's like, I'm just not quite enough to give it a four. So it's like a 3.5 or it's a high three. In this case, I think it's just a steady three. I definitely liked this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I did uh, not love this movie. Talk talk it out with me. I'm, I'm considering giving this a 2.5, which I feel like is incredibly low for this movie. So yeah, for I'm, you for this movie. I'm surprised that you because I that. I did really I enjoyed in, the watch. Did I talk you into a 2.5? No, 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 no. About the last act. But when we talk about the ratings, every time you read them out, it always hits me a little different, right? So 2.5 because this movie was better than it had any purpose, any, any right to be. You keep saying that. I think that this movie is emblematic of of genre cinema of its time, and there are lots yeah? of movies. There are lots of movies that are this good. I think genre movies this good is something that I haven't seen very much of. If they are this genre, Mm. if they are this hard sci-fi concept, they're generally not as good. Mm, Yeah, okay. And I love my sci-fi. I don't think that this movie is better than it should be. I think this movie is straighter than it should be. Interesting. We didn't expect it to be. I expected it to be more wacky, more weird, more future cop, more. Yeah. Right? It's but not the, the that. It's, I, a, it's, a, it's a straight ahead buddy cop movie. It's a good movie in that kind of yes. straight ahead way. Yeah, it's a it's a solid, it's a, yeah, solid, well made, well made movie that happens to be a movie that is a buddy cop alien movie. And in the context, but it is of way the, more buddy cop than it is. Ultimately, it's way yeah. more buddy cop than it is. Than it yeah, is alien in the movie. context of our podcast, we I think we all expected. Well, Ken didn't because he's seen it before, but I think we expected it to be more on the trash side of trash cinema. Yeah that we're used to, whereas I think it's actually closer to a rapid fire in that it's a normal movie. Yeah, fully. It fully is. That's the one that I'm paralleling it with in my mind. And I'm like, is it better than rapid fire? Is it not better than rapid fire? I don't think it's better than rapid fire. For reasons, is it better because rapid fire gives you everything that you expect in a good way, but Alien Nation gives you more than you expect? I don't necessarily compare it to rapid fire, but I think it is – solid and straight ahead. The reason that I picked Rapid Fire was because I thought we needed something that was just a normal straight ahead yeah. movie. And this turned out to also be a normal straight ahead yeah. movie, which is not what you expect when you go, it's called Alien Nation. It's about an alien that's a cop. It's like you expect more 
Trash. But that's the thing. Because it's so straightforward and it's not 100% my bag, even though it is kind of my bag, I almost want to go 2.5 because it's completely serviceable and I like the movie. But because it's way better than I expected being, I almost want to give it a 3.5 or a 4. <laughs> you're fucking all over the place. This is what I mean. Okay. I hate that well, you're so you're, decisive about it. <laughs> you're, two point, 2.5. You're a wild man. <laughs> yeah. But two, do I go in the middle and go 3? 2.5 is I liked aspects of this movie, but I didn't like the movie as a whole. I guess yeah. the question is, so, did you mo- like the movie as a whole? I, I liked say it like as a, a whole. I did. So, so I did. So, so I think okay. it's a three. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I agree with I agree with Kira. A two point five for me, just to provide provide context, is like a movie that I'm not really enjoying that has like one up fucking incredible sequence, whether yeah. that's a stunt sequence or like a scare or a chase okay. or there's just one shot. Like that's a two point five to me. It's like fuck that was or it has like. Say it's like a, a monster movie that has like incredible creature design, but the movie's not very very good, right? That's a two point five for me. There were things I liked about the movie, but the movie itself wasn't that. It was fine. It was just it yeah. is what it is what it is. So that's and why something would be a two point five. We can't give it three point five. Of course you can. You reckon? We do point we do point fives of anything. Tons of times. We do point five of whatever you want you to do. You can't do two point seven five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes in point five increments, is what I would say to you. I will go 3.5. You almost you loved it? You went from a 2.5, you're not sure if you liked it, to a, to a 3.5, yeah, you almost love it. this is the thing. <laughs> I, I don't know where it sits in my mind. Is it something that is more straightforward so it gets a lower rating because it's serviceable and it's so straightforward? But I think I think it would have to be from a 3 to a 4 I'm actually wavering on now that we've talked about what 2.5 is. And so you almost love this movie. I almost do because the concept elevated and I love a good hard con sci- uh, sci-fi concept, you know? Okay. Mm. 3.5 yeah. it is. And it delivers on those things in the amount that it needed to. You're a strange man. I know. <laughs> you? I'm Can a you? three. You're a three. I'm a three because I like this movie. I like all the ideas in it. I think it's very clever. As I have already said, I think it runs out of ideas. So therefore yeah. it's only a three for me. And- there is another movie that would make an amazing double feature with this movie mm. that I think has the outlandishness that Kira was maybe hoping was in this I movie. I was also hoping for it, yeah. There is a there is another movie that involves, there's an LA at night set movie that involves aliens that I think is a more enjoyable movie than this. I thought this movie. which I re- And when that I movie comes disa- up, I will rate it. I will probably rate it I wasn't it disappointed okay. that this movie wasn't more wacky. I was, it, was yeah. more like a, it was more like a pleasant surprise yeah. that this was actually just a straight up straight buddy up. cop movie yeah. with aliens. Did like you that feel was kind like of a nice surprise. This is, was going to be a more mainstream version of Zone Troopers. You know that one that we saw the trailer for? With Jack Death in it? I don't think that I necessarily compared it to anything else I, in my head. I thought it was going to be that wild. Moving on to next week. The way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns from a selection of three choices that I have prepared from the store. This week it is Brody's pick. I fully was just about to say, yeah, it's my turn, thinking it was your week. <laughs> <laughs> it is Kira picked Alien Nation. <laughs> yeah, I forget things. Yeah, that was only a week ago, Brody. <laughs> Um, you get two new ones this week, remember? Fuck yeah. yeah. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it's struck off the list and uh, I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list are American Ninja with two strikes. Yes. That you promised last week not to forget that you were interested in. I am interested in it. You're interested in it and you're not going to forget that just because there's new shiny. And also sprinkled a little bit of American Ninja, the deadliest star of the Orient, is now in the hands of an American 
your new choices of the two <laughs> new choices for this week. The first is Patrick Swayze. Oh my god! In Steel Dawn. Oh my god! Look at him! Look at him! Please read the, please read the tagline and describe the cover. Patrick Swayze in Steel Dawn. The Dirty Dancer is now a desert warrior. The most beautiful Patrick Swayze has ever been. Uh, um, mm. Mm, I also question what I just said, but he's, I mean, fucking gorgeous on this front cover. He's wearing what appears to be a sort of sci-fi adaptation to an Arabian outfit almost. What do you think? What do you think? It's chainmail. What, yeah. Is there another movie that it reminds you of? Like Leather Studded Desert Warrior? There's a few things that it There's reminds me of. It's a very mainstream movie, normal. Um, Everybody knows this movie, movie. Kira's uh, already got there. <laughs> it's there Mad it Max? Mad Max. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Mad Max. Yeah, it was. it's Mad Max. This movie is Mad, Ma- is Mad Max with Patrick Swayze with swords. Oh, my God. He's going to forget about American Ninja. Oh, I've got something else for him. Your third pick, sir. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure you're ready, Brody? I hope so. Okay. Your third pick is another canon film. American Ninja is a canon film, and this is another canon film. American Ninja is an early phase canon movie, and Ooh. this is a late phase canon movie. Ooh. I present to you Dolph Lundgren. Oh. I think Kira knows what it is. In <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Oh, no. Dude, I was going to say, does this look like Masters of the Universe? Holy fuck. I have been meaning to watch this for a very long time. Have you never seen Masters of the Universe? Oh, that's so good. No cartoons, nothing. Oh, you've never even seen I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I am very excited. As as Canon promoted it, it's going to be the Star Wars of 1989. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's why they use that text. That's why they that use font. That's why they use the score. Oh, fuck off! It has like such a ripoff score. Masters of the Universe, the live action motion picture. Oh my god! Look at Dolph Lundgren. I wouldn't be able to choose between these three movies, dude. This is what I'm doing in my head. Like, I really want Steel Dawn, mainly because his name Steel Dawn. I feel like I should choose American Ninja. Because we get, hold on, we get early canon and then we have time to choose late canon and then Steel Dawn. But it never goes as we plan. (laughs) I think it'll go as we plan in terms of, I don't think we'll get all three, but I think if you pick American Ninja, hopefully I'll pick this next week unless he puts Heathers on the list, in which case you'll pick it the week after. Problem is if you don't pick American Ninja now, then we don't get it. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, all I really want is still Dawn and Masters of the Universe, but I feel like it might be important, like chronologically for the podcast, to watch American Ninja and we might have some reference point. It's not really going to matter. Ken, don't say that. You're the one who kind of sold me on American Ninja last week. If you pick either of those movies, I get to talk about canon films. Please. I think I think this is a good, good film that um, we all got excited about twice now and now it's not going to get picked and, I, and it annoys me when that happens. You need to get more excited about Steel Dawn. I'm not, not excited about it, but there is I a... I feel like you pick, you're not. If, if you pick American Ninja, we might still get all three of these. It's only if Heathers comes in and interrupts us that we won't. Yeah, Brody, you've got to start letting Kian divide you. Fuck Kian. <laughs> uh, if you choose Heathers next week, then I'm choosing Steel Dawn. That's fine. Okay. 
So we'll miss Masters of the Universe, which sucks for everyone. It does suck for everyone. <laughs> and the internet will be mad. That's everyone. That is, that is punishment for everyone. The Kira. internet will be real mad. I can't 100% promise you that I will be able to. <laughs> this is where it starts. I can't 100% promise that I won't have to pick Heathers. So next- you may very well be put, put, have something put in front of you that makes you want it more than Steel Dawn and you don't pick it anyway. Nah, that's going to be real tough to beat these two. Three Beating ninjas. These two, Nah, I don't even care. I would never watch Three Ninjas again if I could watch these as the next two movies I could watch. You do what you think is best. American Ninja. Are you serious? We're doing it. I know. You just don't want to disappoint the group. The thing is, is I always complain about like either you guys making me choose something or like you guys not choosing the thing that I want, but I always do it to you as yeah, well. Yeah, you so do it every like, single I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to do it. American Ninja. Nice doing business with you. Nice American doing business with you. So join us next week when we talk about Michael Dudikoff and our first canon film. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, don't follow us on social media. Don't like, don't subscribe. At Weird Kid Video. Don't do any of the things on the internet that involve us. Get but us do that. Go outside. And give us a rating. Say Write how much you review. like us. Yeah. I'll, I'll read them out and tell them and tell you my deepest, darkest fears. What? If you write a review, I'll tell you my deepest, darkest fear. And fuck you, Brody. <laughs> Scene. <laughs>